What's up, Sifters? Welcome to Game Face, episode 326 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your host for the next couple hours of not just game discussion, but also, Matt, our annual fantasy draft. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is a special stream today, people. So we're going to do Game Face 326, which is shorter. Uh, It's not going to be a typical length episode. And we're going to wrap that up, and then we're going to break down for like five minutes Um, And then we'll come back to do the Sifted Video Game Fantasy Draft for 2023, our ninth year. We started in 2015. Marcus and I did the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Matt and I have rolled on. We are the first ever Video Game Fantasy League Draft. It's been awesome seeing everybody else kind of pick up the idea and run with it and do their own kind of spins on it. Uh, But we are the originals, and we're going to do our draft today. Um, Before we get going, I want to thank LS Cream, our sponsor for this episode of Game Face. It is a great liqueur that mixes well with just about anything. Uh, I know it's great at the holidays. If you want to check them out and you want to support your fellow gamers and your fellow sifters, head to lscream.com. There's a store locator there, or you can just go to BevMo or any major uh, drink uh, retailer, and you can find it there. Order it up, drink it up, support your fellow sifters and your fellow gamers. How's your week been, Matt? All right. I mean, it was a long weekend. Yeah, Very well, rainy. not for me. I don't Very get rainy. Yeah, like I don't get the long weekends. Like <laughs> Monday, that's game face prep day, and it takes yeah this episode and our draft took more than all day yesterday. Mm. Uh, so I don't get the three day weekends. My wife does, but <laughs> I don't. Um, so it wasn't really a lazy weekend for me. But did you do anything fun for your day off or your, um, your long weekend? Not especially. Stayed inside. Yeah. There's no games to play right now. No. I mean, I've been playing The Witcher 3 still. I'm, yeah. almost, I'm almost done with that for the fourth time. I'm going back and trying to finish some games that I really enjoyed that I didn't quite get to the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Dying Light 2, I'm still trying to finish that. I'm pretty close to finishing uh, that yeah. one off. Um, but I didn't realize until I looked back on the list how many times we passed that game back and forth in the in the game draft. Yeah. For like three years. Yeah, before finally. And then it came out and it was meh. Yeah. I actually really liked it, but... Um, but the review, it was not a great... It was disappointing, pick, relatively speaking. Metacritic-wise. Yeah, true, yeah. Um, and we're gonna... I'm gonna get burned real bad today in the draft. <laughs> There's a certain game that I've been drafting for three years in a row, and now Matt is going to get the uh, get it for, for his team this year. Uh, but that's all part of the fun, all part of the strategy. Um, a couple more things before we get going. As I said, this is gonna be a shorter episode of Game Face. It'll probably be about an hour and a half, roughly, and that'll give us about an hour, hour and a half to get through uh, our draft so you'll still end up watching our stream today the normal amount of time that you normally would to watch just game face but we have it kind of broken up today into two fun parts um let's see i talked last week about some changes that are coming to sifted and some things that we're doing different um i guess the best thing i can say this week is that all that is happening the first week of february my birthday week um so working behind the scenes getting things revved up working on kind of the production engine behind the scenes uh working on some other things game face is going to change a little bit and it's going to change so that it's more palatable to this new place that we're going so i talked last week about how we're going to start breaking out pieces of game face in bite-sized chunks of content and i'll be honest with you matt (laughs) i listened to last week's episode the podcast version of it uh just to kind of prepare for what we're going to be doing going forward and I'll, i'll be honest with you there was probably 50 pieces of that show that are great like 15 to 20 second like snippets that can go up on tiktok 
or on YouTube Shorts. So we're going to shoot the show a little different going forward so that it works for those formats. Because right now, it's like a lot of the commentary that we do, it's like you're on one side, I'm on the other side. And as you know, the way Shorts and TikTok works is everything needs to be centered down the center. Mm -hmm. So if we were to adapt what we're doing now into those formats, you're going to have these weird things where we're cropping out half and there's just me talking or then there's just you talking but in the center of the screen. We're going to adjust the show a little bit, how it's shot to make sure Matt and I are in the center of the screen a little more often, if that makes sense. So anyway, lots to look forward to the first week of February. We're still working out a little bit of the kinks. That's always what January is for. <laughs> you come back from break, you have your epiphanies while you're away for a while, and then you come back and you try to execute them. So that's what we're gonna be doing for most of the month of January. Look for all the big changes and all the differences in Sifted and Game Face and all our content. Pactor, by the way, also. We're going to be doing shorts of his because he has a couple zingers in pretty much every episode that, again, are great for those kind of short form formats. So big changes coming. There's our mascot, Luna, saying hello. Welcome, Luna, to Game Phase 326. Um, and what else? Uh, today's Game Phase. So we've been doing 2023 previews. Last week we did PlayStation and Nintendo. This week we're going to do Xbox. Next week we're going to do third parties. And could because I started putting that together and it was huge. There's a mm -hmm. ton of really awesome third party games coming this year, which is great. But unfortunately, it meant that we could not squeeze it into today's show as I had hoped. So next week we'll do the big third party blowout. Today we're doing Xbox along with a couple other fun topics. And then, as I said, we'll get on to our Sifted Video Game Fantasy Draft for 2023. Now, one thing. Right now, this very moment, the Sifted Fantasy Challenge should be live right now. This is me pushing a virtual button for the person who is publishing the Sifted Fantasy Challenge right now. So if it's not up already, it should be. There is an article at sifted.net right now that lays out the rules and how it works. And it is the same as last year. So don't sweat it. If you did it last year and you were part of it last year, you know exactly what you're doing. But for first timers, there's an article there that kind of walks people through how it all works. Um, but you can go and don't leave us. Hang around and watch Game Face. But uh, as of right now, the Sifted Fantasy Challenge is live for you guys to go and make your picks. And we'll explain more of that when we get to the actual drafts a little later on in the stream today. Um, I think that's it, Matt. Anything that you want to add before we get going? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I think we're doing a pretty good job getting you guys through January. Now, next week, we'll have games to talk about, which is something we haven't been able to do so far in January. Uh, but next week, we'll have a couple pretty big games to discuss on the show, and we're excited about that. So we're trying to get all this stuff out of the way now. So when next week hits, we can kick Game Face into high gear for 2023. And also, from that point forward, at least for the early part of the year, there should be plenty of games to get us through every episode each week. It's really going to be a great year for video games. I'm thinking maybe one of the best ever. We'll see how it all shakes out. Everything comes out. If it all makes it out. And there's so much good stuff that didn't quite make it last year. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty confident that it's going to be an awesome year for video games. I hope you guys are feeling the same way and you're excited for it. Um, and with that, one more note. This is insane today. What I'm doing today is crazy. <laughs> like This is the most clips, actually, we've ever had loaded in the TriCaster today. So again, give me a little leeway. If there's a little bit of black space here and there or if I run the wrong clip, give me a break because uh, this is pretty intense. Sometimes I wish I could just like pan the camera over and show you what I'm looking at on my monitor while I'm hosting hmm. Game Face. It is really insane. It almost would be fun to just put the window down in the corner so people can watch what I'm doing to create the show live with the TriCaster while I'm hosting a show. It's insane. 
But I think I've gotten pretty good at it at this point. I've had an, almost a year of practice, so mm -hmm. I feel like I'm kind of on the ball on it. So we'll see how it goes. I'm not making any promises. It could be a complete unmitigated disaster. Um, but anyway, it's time to get on with Game Phase 326. We're going to kick things off, as I said, with a preview of Xbox for 2023. Matt, we've been doing these previews for years now. We always do this in January. This, to me, feels like the most pivotal year for Xbox ever. Mm -hmm. Because all the... Things are actually coming out? Because things should be coming out. Mm -hmm. All the acquisitions that Microsoft has made over the last five or six years should be coming to fruition. Now, not all, because we're still waiting on the big Activision Blizzard deal to go through. Pactor seems to think it's going to go through by April. I'm really starting to wonder on that. There is no possible way it doesn't go through. Like, I know the things happening in the in uh, the EU with all this. Like, it's... No. Legally, I can't understand why. I think another pro part of the problem part is... Part of it is because they don't understand what they're looking at. The, maybe. The, the people in charge of applying the laws don't understand what games are. So, Sony and, and a couple other people have done a pretty good job of of kind of throwing up a smokescreen, saying that, like, uh, trying to... Basically, they're pretending that Call of Duty is an unreplicatable good mm -hmm. in the industry. And the idea that Microsoft would have control over that good and the production of that good con constitutes antitrust. Mm -hmm. And the people who have to make the decision uh, seem to seem to be ignorant enough of how games work that they believe it. So what hap all that has to happen here is Microsoft needs to convince needs to show that like no anyone could make a shooter a military shooter. Yeah. This is just the popular one. Yeah, but owning popular ideas is not antitrust it doesn't mean that they can't create their own popular right. idea that's yeah. the whole idea like, like again unless you are buying this is like the whole disney monopoly thing it's like unless you own the the means to produce the thing like if microsoft owned the magic, all game developers the magic <laughs> widget that let you make first person shooters then then right they would be a, it would be an antitrust issue but you cannot own too many popular things Matt, does it feel like maybe it shouldn't be that way? Maybe you should. Maybe there it should be a limit on how many popular, but there isn't. Yeah, that's not so how the law works. That's not how it works. Do you feel like this is being tried in the court of public opinion a little bit? No, most people don't even know this is happening. I mean, among gamers, like so. Say you're one I of these care. regulators who don't understand the industry, and they're like, "Hey, let's just go like read." They what, aren't. They aren't doing gamers that. are saying they aren't doing that. Really, you I don't think at all? You, I promise they are not doing that. What no. are they? going to do then to make sure that they're ruling correctly what do you think they they're going to talk to the people who are in the industry and who are running things okay. they're there i promise you no lawyer uh or or representative for that would ever go look at a, a gaming forum or something or twitter to look at what no one cares yeah like, it's then why do you think that they aren't following the law so far because the the opposing counsel is convincing them of things they're not. They're, they're trying to figure out how to apply the law. It's not about following the law. They're they, but they don't understand what this industry is. Just like if you came to me with an antitrust issue about steel production, I would probably have to do a lot of reading before I could give you my opinion on it. Mm -hmm. um, and right now, they are basically, you know, metaphorically doing the reading. But I'm. And you don't think that reading absolutely is listening not. to nobody cares opinion. what lay people think. Okay. It's not about that at all. Which is probably why you believe that. 
April is no problem. Like this should go through. Soon. I mean, I don't. If Pactor thinks April, then maybe he knows better than I do. I don't know how long it takes to clear some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like law works very slowly. Yeah. Um. So I'm, and part of the the goal here seems to be delaying this as long as possible. It does so, seem to be like running out the clock knows? type deal. Yeah. Who knows? April does seem like a pretty reasonable time for that to kind of grind through, but who knows? Now keep in mind. This is, other than it being a big story, this isn't going to have an impact on what happens with Xbox in 2023. No. It'll be the biggest story related to Xbox for 2023, but it will have nothing to do with the actual software output and what we're playing or not playing on Xbox this year. Um, So I wanted to bring it up when we start discussing it, but ultimately we're not going to keep discussing it because really this year is all about the games and what games are going to be here and what partners that they signed or bought in the past that may now have games that they've been working on that are ready for us to play. So that's what this preview is going to be about. We can't discuss Xbox this year without bringing up the Activision Blizzard stuff. You just can't. Uh, But I feel like we've been flogging a dead horse at this point. well, there's nothing new to talk about. Yeah. So. Let, let's take a look at chat real quick, because I haven't gone there yet for today's episode, um, and see what they're saying about it. Um, Vincent, also a couple more details on the changes coming. Oh, he's just catching people up. Um, one Super Master Gamer, why do gamers care about this deal? Just play the game on whatever platform it is. Because not everybody has every platform, bro. Some people only have an Xbox. Actually, one of the topics today, we're going to discuss what is becoming the main console for this generation and why, uh, but not yet. But that's why. Not everyone can afford to buy every console. I do realize our audience generally are older players who have, mm-hmm. let's be honest, a good amount of disposable yeah. income and probably do have at least two consoles, but that's although, not the case for everybody. Although on the flip side, most people who are not into the hobby enough to have multiple consoles don't even know this is happening. Yeah, it's true. So yeah. you wonder where the consternation is even coming from. It's mostly console warship. Yeah. It's mostly people who... Like, I. I really wasn't ready for how dedicated the weirdo Sony people are. Uh, <laughs> they're really, because like, you can understand what, what I was getting at, is that popular opinion online is that there's no way this deal should go through, because most mm-hmm. people are PlayStation fans, and so they're flooding all the threads mm-hmm. on Twitter, on message boards with, no, 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 this can't happen, it shouldn't happen, yeah, blah, but blah, no, blah. But no, le- lawyers don't care right. about that. Yeah, they like, don't care. Just like, I don't, like, nobody looks at, you know, Twitter to see what they should rule on a murder case. Like, this, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Uh, before we get going, I want to thank everybody for Twitch Prime and SoundWizard gifting Tier 1 subs to people in the chat. Thank you very much. Johnny Hurricane, thank you. Wampler13, thank you. Jared Dung? Jung? Jared Jung, thank you. Uh, Jared, Jared Young, maybe. Yeah, Young, you're right. Uh, Glucoselysis, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Thank you. Roldris, thank you. Ferichi, thank you. Who else we got down here? Big Smoke82, thanks. Texture Glitch. David Nordic, thank you. Ozzy Britt 2000, thank you. Darmus, thank you. All you guys get in here. Iviz, Mike's Q, thank you so much. Tomatish, so many people getting in with Twitch Prime in this episode. El Guapo 3385. Wow, so many. Thank you guys. It makes a huge, huge difference for us. One Super Master Gamer, AJ the Legend Watson, uh, Mr. 60, thank you. So many to open this show. Um, Anna Croth, thank you as well. Um, so people don't seem, I think what it is, people are just burnt out on this topic. Not a lot of people in chat discussing it. Uh, I think people at this point, they're just like, yeah, we get it. Let's just wait and see what happens at this and point. one way or the other, even if it goes through, the Call of Duty is going to be on PlayStation for years. It is, yeah. Like, you have plenty of time. I mean, they gave away, let's be honest, they gave away the farm. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they got plenty of time to figure out what what platform you need to put. It's still going to be on PC, I'm sure, yep. like, no matter what happens with PlayStation. So. Yep. 
so there are in a the lot end, of options will it be time. that big of a deal in the immediate term? Probably not. As time goes on, I believe that's when you'll start to see the impact of it. But mm -hmm. regardless, again, not going to affect what software we're playing this year. And that's exactly what we want to talk about with these previews. So let's get going. Let's talk about the games coming out for Xbox and in some cases for PC as well, because let's be honest, Game Pass isn't just for Xbox. It's also available for PC and that makes a difference. And obviously, Game Pass is a big story for Microsoft every year, not just this year. First up, Age of Empire coming to console, Matt. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? I do not care. You don't care at all? No. I have a PC that can run oh, by the way, strategy games just fine. Oh, by the way, have you? Mm -hmm. did we, you didn't talk last week about your PC. No. So Matt, it's not running yet. Right. But Matt has a brand new rig that is insane. Mm -hmm. Want to just quickly go through the specs of your new rig? Um, yeah, I have to remember what the cpu is um but it is a uh it has a 4090 in it yeah <laughs> it, is, it is pretty much just a giant graphics card and a giant heat sink that's pretty it's, much it's, all it is yeah his just his graphics card alone is almost the size of my pc <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very it's, it's honestly ridiculous <laughs> it really is what was the total cost for the build I don't know exactly because it was a gift, but I right. think it was in the five thousand range. Like five G's, it is. It's an awesome. It was, build it was a Christmas gift from like basically my entire family. Yeah, because I couldn't think of anything I needed and or wanted, and they were like, "Well, they we gotta have one." So I'm like, "I don't know. I'll probably build a new gaming PC before Starfield comes out." So my brother-in-law kind of took over. Took the that. hint. <laughs> it is a monster. So you're right, Matt. You don't care, but there's a lot of people out there who have an Xbox Series X who don't have an adequate gaming PC. And by the way... Well, if they have an Xbox Series X, where they worried about? Because that's where the Call of Duty would go. I don't understand what you mean by that, though. Oh, you mean for Age of Empires? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't care about Age of Empires on console because real-time strategy games suck on console. Like I have, no, my... I have no interest in adapting to that to whatever control scheme i mean i know like battle for middle earth 2 kind of did something okay with it but it's always awkward and it's never fun and if you want to play games like this you should have a pc like that's that's all there and you don't need like a super powered pc to run age of fucking empires no like, i like, mean you, if you want it to look like this you do sure but like it doesn't have <laughs> age of empires never looked like this like, <laughs> nope. people were had plenty of fun with age of empires before it looked like this i wonder what rig this is what kind of rig this is running on for this b-roll that microsoft put know. out i'm sure it's something beastly but the other thing matt is that like you can plug a mouse and keyboard into your xbox series x no problem and it functions as a pc yeah so, that might be a, a so there are some reason. people out there who may be interested in doing that and uh so this year age of empires 4 coming out for xbox series s and series x no hard release date for that yet however age of empires 2 definitive edition comes out later this month on january 31st I do agree with you, though, Matt. This isn't typically something that's going to get people who bought an Xbox Series X all that excited. But I think this it is... feels like it's happening just because that's like Microsoft's like buzz buzzword. Right yeah, now. it's like everything's on everything. You know. Yeah. Um, but I'll be honest with you. Sort of the same reason they crammed a flight simulator on the Xbox. Yeah, but people liked it and people played sure. it. So I mean, I'm sure people will play this, but like I, someone, I do not need this. So it's yep. not. Not interesting. You definitely don't need it. No, well, even I can't I, wait to see that game. On even your if PC. I didn't have the new PC, new I still rig. wouldn't need it. Yeah, like it's it's the Age of Empires is not a huge demand. They really. still have not found a good way to make these games work with a controller. To your point, yeah, they never will. Like that's you need a mouse for that. In even the same, with the Steam controller, they couldn't really yeah. make it work well. 
In the same way, you can't really play Mario with a keyboard and mouse. Yeah. You know, it, it, some things work better for some things. That's true. Yep. So I think that's going to be a small blip on the radar for 2023. However, there's a much bigger blip on the radar coming. And, and here's the crazy part, Matt, is there is nothing scheduled exclusive for Xbox until Starfield. Well, no, there's Redfall. Oh, Redfall. No, Redfall. So it's confusing. Redfall is just first half of 2023. Mm-hmm. Starfield, Q2 of 2023. So which comes first? Redfall. You think so? They said Redfall comes first. Really? Yeah. Okay. Bethesda said Redfall will be out before Starfield. Okay. Well, let's discuss Starfield anyway, because is there still a huge gap between now and when you get your next exclusive game? Redfall, I'm guessing, probably not going to be until April or May would be my guess. Is there a hard date for that? There is no hard date, but the the current guess is March or April. Okay. So you're going to wait a few months before you get Redfall, and then this, we would presume, would be next if it isn't delayed again. Mm -hmm. Um, Currently, the belief is somewhere around E3. Yeah, that seems about right. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be nice for Bethesda to be able to talk about at E3 that we finally (laughs) got our fucking game out after however many years it's been. That would be nice. I mean, because otherwise you're up there on stage, probably doing another thing, and you're just, here's those same games we've been talking about since before the pandemic even happened. Like, it's, it would be real nice for them to be able to have Starfield out that same week or something. Yeah. And have that to brag about. I'm, I just hope it comes out this year. I mean, I know they're like, yep, we gave you this release date, Q2 or whatever. I think if, if it doesn't come out this year, something is very, very, like, scale-bound wrong. Which, it. by the way... There, it sounds like now they may revive. There's rumors of that. I don't know if that needs to happen. <laughs> it seemed like they were really dead set against it just a couple of months ago. But anyway, um, Starfield... I think it will make it this year. Okay. I just I don't know about Q2, but... Starfield, obviously, a Game of the Year candidate for this year. Maybe. It's the first real open-world action RPG from Bethesda in, like, a decade, like <laughs> as far as a new one is concerned. Well, no, Fallout 4. But what, what year is that? Isn't that? Like 2016 or 2014 or something? It was after Skyrim. Yeah. Still like eight, no, I guess eight or nine years. Something like that. I don't remember. Almost when, a decade. I don't remember when Fallout 4 came out. I blocked most <laughs> You didn't of that like out. it. I did not like it. <laughs> you're right, though. It did come out after Sifted had launched. So mm. you're right. It probably has been seven or eight years since Bethesda put out one of its signature, huge, gigantic, sprawling RPGs. So the Thirst is going to be there. That's for sure. But the big question always with Bethesda's games is execution and what are the bugs going to be like? And is it mm-hmm. going to be stable? And is it going to run the same on all platforms? Is there going to be one platform that causes problems? Um, to me, Bethesda still hasn't shaken its reputation for releasing buggy games. So It's hard to shake a reputation when you would only release things about once a decade. It's so. true. Yeah. It's hard to pound a point home when you're not pounding, I guess is the yeah. best way to put it. And Fallout 76 didn't help, even though that, nope. this team isn't the one that really made that. But Yeah, but still, it's a Bethesda game, mm-hmm. and Bethesda re- released it in that state, which makes you wonder, is it willing to do that with something this big? I would hope not, but... I think they know this needs to at least work when it comes... You know, maybe it doesn't have to be perfect, <laughs> but... It's got to, playing it has to at least sort of replicate this demo. Yeah. Which which doesn't seem that hard. It doesn't. But we also didn't see this played live. This was all pre-recorded and blah, blah, blah. So. And we'll see. I mean, I'm very curious how. We've never seen the game played live. I'm very curious how interested. Well, we've never seen Suicide Squad played live either. That's That's true. It's like three months. Yeah. You see the big leak on that one? No. Like the whole story leaked. Oh, geez. It's awful oh no it's the most it's just edgelord garbage huh. it's oh I'll, no it's awful Jeez. like i like reading it i'm like i don't want to play this 
Like, even though I already don't want to play it because it's just basically Borderlands with capes, mm-hmm. it's like this looks this sounds awful. Oh, geez. Um, well, hopefully that's not the case with this game. Like trying to out grimdark <laughs> the Zack Snyder movies. Oh, geez. It's, it's not great. That sucks. Waited eight years for that. Bullshit. Yeah. That's anyway, surprising from that developer. But. This looks. I mean, this looks great to me, but I'm a giant space nerd. Um, I think this looks great to pretty much everybody, Matt, uh, regardless of no, your not, space nerd uh, not status. If, not if you look at the famous gamers online. Oh, There's really? A lot of people who think this is the, looks like shit. But I, I wonder <laughs> how many of those people just have PlayStations. I think I the know. character models are probably what. Oh, set character some models are off. not as advanced as the rest of the world for sure. Yeah. But like. You're kind of the, the character models on this are sort of like well they look better than Fallout Four yeah so but not by a ton <laughs> no but <laughs> it's like you're ho- you're hoping for more of like a Horizon a Horizon Two level leap and I think yeah. you got more of a yeah Oblivion to Skyrim <laughs> yeah leap. I think you're right um, yeah they don't look fine terrible. it looks fine it looks fine, fine. but like it should look it. better than fine yeah you could argue Fallout um, was the uh, good news is that is the day this comes out. Uh, someone is going to mod better looking character models into it. Yeah. Because right? that's just what Bethesda fans do. Um, the other thing I'm wondering is how long you'll be. it will take before a mod comes out to have an orange cat who lives on your ship so you can have Garfield in Starfield. No. <laughs> um, in chat, they're saying Fallout 4 was released in 2015, so it will be eight mm-hmm. years between big um, open world action rpgs from i bet there's gonna be like there, there should be like garfield related starfield games <laughs> where it's just like the starfield box like photoshopped into right. garfield's place on the on the comic strips and like i wouldn't be surprised Someone john's like it. starfield like it's, yeah it's just dumb enough to to work yeah I'm you. and so this is a new ip so this is not going to be available for other platforms other than pc mm-hmm. this is going to be a straight up xbox game pass pc exclusive um and one of the biggest games of the year. So this is the first time, unless you count Halo Infinite, which I don't. Um, <laughs> just being honest, this is the first real test, I think, for the whole first party day mm-hmm. one on Game Pass thing. There's been some smaller yeah, I would things. definitely argue this is your first Xbox system seller in... Mm? <laughs> a really long how? time. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting to, to see how many copies it sells. Yeah. Versus just pass. people getting Game Pass, you know how many? How many do you think it'll sell, Matt? I have no idea. My guess is less than two million. Maybe retail. I don't, I don't know. I really don't it'll have a hard. guess on that. It, again, it's the first big. It's the first data we have of this kind. Yeah. Assuming Microsoft even tells us anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we'll be able to know how it sells. Yeah. Because that'll just be a part of MPD or whatever. But when we know like how many more people subscribe to Game Pass that month to play it for fifteen bucks, yeah, probably there's a not. lot of variables and. Unless it's a gigantic number. And then Microsoft might be like, okay, I'm cool sharing this because it makes us look really good. It makes Game Pass look really good. Mm-hmm. And you got to wonder how many of those the sales they're missing out on by not putting it on a PlayStation. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have Game Pass. The, I mean, more than $2 million for sure. Yeah. So we'll see how it does. But just a huge, huge game for so, they so many reasons. To, they definitely believe that this is going to pull a lot of people into the ecosystem. Yeah. So uh, they wouldn't be doing, they wouldn't be following this entire concept if they didn't mm-hmm. believe it was going to work. So this is the kind of where the rubber hits the road with Game Pass. We'll see how it goes. I hope they jazz this up a little bit because that is some real boring UI UI on the, on yeah. the skill trees. There. Very plain. But compared to the rest of the game. Yeah. 
Yeah, it looks really flashy, and then you get like, that's you look at cool them. and all. Like that's I get, that's kind of like retro like NASA mm-hmm. punk, right? As they say, <laughs> that's what they call it, right? NASA yeah. punk. Uh, what's what one guy called it, and then they never mentioned used it, it again. again. Yeah. <laughs> it was gone. Like I understand what they're saying when they say that, but yeah. it's a really dumb word. Yeah, yeah. Like it's no, it doesn't mean anything to most people. Yep. Um, so anyway. I'm really excited for Starfield. I think probably everybody else is too, unless you're a PlayStation owner and you don't own an Xbox or a gaming PC. And even then, you're probably just fooling yourself. Yeah. But look, (laughs) this could come out and be a buggy mess, and then all the PlayStation fans are laughing, so... We'll see how it goes. But it looks like it'll scratch that sort of space exploration... Uh, more curated experience than No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, more action actually exists focused. than like Star Citizen. You know, like there's, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a there's an element here that if if uh, Bethesda has hustled and and done their homework enough on this, like you might be looking at something that makes some at least part of the experience of Starfield irrelevant or not, yeah. uh, Star Citizen irrelevant. Yeah. Because um, I'll tell you one thing: if you give me the ability to fly around my own ship, explore like hundreds of planets on my own, and, and upgrade things, and build my ship, and do all this, and show all these mechanical things working, uh, I'm not going to miss the other people ruining it, running around in the Star Citizen Alpha. I'll tell you that. Yeah, much. yeah. It'll be interesting to see if this moves hardware. Yeah. I mean, that's really the big X factor here because right now, PlayStation Five is pretty much outselling Xbox Series like two to one, roughly. It'll be interesting if a game like this comes out. A lot of people don't have an Xbox Series console yet. If it reviews really well, if it will convince people. Again, as you mentioned, a killer app. Is it a killer app? That's the big X factor Mm -hmm. for this game in 2023. Yeah, I mean, you can just buy an Xbox Series X and then get a $15 subscription and there you go. Yeah, you don't even have to pay the full price for the game either. And as someone who just uh, put in the pre-order for the Horizon bundle for the PSVR 2... not cheap. Yep. Yeah. Like, this would be a better deal, I promise. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. And these games are gigantic. You know, generally with Bethesda's RPGs, you can get like 100 hours out of them easily. Oh, yeah. Or and then, more, so. And I've played most of them again at least mm-hmm. once. Like, I've played Skyrim more times than it deserves. It's really insane sure. how many times you play Skyrim. It blows my mind every time you bring it up. Uh, so anyway, that's Starfield. Well, they need un- to stop re-releasing it. Yeah. Like, every time I turn it on, just see what it looks like, and then suddenly 80 hours go by. Yeah. Uh, so and then I always stop right around the same point. Oh, it's you like, do? Yes, and I've done all these same quests. <laughs> this part of the main quest I don't think is very interesting, and I just never load it up again. Yeah. Every time. Um, Vincent says it'll sell more than $2 million. Apparently, Forza Horizon 5 sold around $2 million on Steam in the first month. Yeah, I wasn't really talking about Steam. I was talking about, like, console sales. But, yeah, you're right. Like, between console and PC, it'll definitely sell more than $2 yeah, million. Yeah, I do think this will be a, it'll be a monster on PC. Yeah, I was just talking about console sales, though. Because, obviously, the whole idea behind this is to move hardware and get people into the ecosystem so they all sign up for game yeah, well pass. i think more they don't want to move hardware as much as they want people to sign up for game pass yeah but i mean i'm not convinced that people are going to use game pass on their tv like on their samsung tv mm-hmm. or on their old rickety pc or whatever like i just don't see i mean that maybe happening. but some people just stream it to the piece from the pc to the tv even though i think that's terrible that's a horrible a, experience yeah i think it is but some people <laughs> seem to not care i mean i think I, playing PC games on a screen the size of my fucking hand is terrible, yeah. but people love the fucking Steam Deck, don't they? <laughs> yep, it's true. That'll uh, be fun to play Age of Empires on. I don't know what the hell is wrong with people. I am curious, actually, maybe in chat, if you are a PlayStation-only person, let us know if this game is Sound tempting. off, Sony ponies. Yeah, seriously, let us know if this is, like, tempting you to maybe get at least maybe an Xbox Series S, which you can get for cheap. Although it seems like as time has gone on, People who have bought the S have become increasingly unhappy with it. Yeah, well, the S is 
kind of pointless. Yeah. At first, though, it seemed like people were like, wow, actually, games look pretty good on this. But now, as time has gone on, yeah, I think... you're looking at last-gen stuff with a little boost. Right. I think now people are starting to say, yeah, I nope. probably should have sprung for the X. Nobody's building the new games for the with S. the S in mind. Yeah. No, it's not happening. They're barely building it with the X in mind yeah. at this point. Like, Yeah. There's a there's a mid-generation refresh, I think, is going to come. Yeah. The Xbox Series Y or whatever they're going to call it. Legacy says, if Machine Gun Games did the gameplay, I would be interested in Starfield. Yeah, that's not happening. Yet. <laughs> Give us some time, it might. If all these deals go through. Um, and Juan Solo X. Matt, it's not pointless to people who don't have money for the other one. So I guess he's talking about the other console. Or is he talking about the S? It mm-hmm. isn't pointless. Juan I think he X means the S. I'm, the I'm S. saying that if you don't have the money for the X, but you have the money for the S, I think you're wasting money buying the S. Because you're buying a vastly inferior product and you're still paying hundreds of dollars for it. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think the the hundred bucks or whatever you save by spend the extra money is, is worth is, it. Is worth save up for an extra three months yeah. if you have to to get the X. That's what I say. Um, Bunker says can't find the X in stock. The PS5 is everywhere. I'm playing on PC. PS5 is everywhere. PS5, yeah. I mean, Sony wasn't lying. Like it is, it you is can get starting, it now. Okay. Like I don't know how for for how long, but it mm-hmm. is has been popping up in stock way more often. Like. I think Best Buy popped it up in stock uh, more in the last two weeks in the last two years. Wow. Like, so it, they do seem to have solved something that, of that, at least in terms of currently. Okay. I don't know how, again, I don't know how long it's going to last, but they were not kidding. Okay. Uh, Nightwing3060 says, I would buy Starfield and an Xbox if I had the money. Mm-hmm. Big Smoke82, the Series S is great for kids. Okay. Yeah. And the Series S is a great emulator. Yeah. But again, great for kids it's still a lot of money to spend for something that's not you know kids don't care it seems Mm -hmm. usually like you know they're playing they're not playing that kids aren't usually playing the super high-end things but the thing is like it'd be one you know if you want like a Fortnite box for your kids or something that's one but it's like the series s is still really expensive for that it is yeah it's it's, still not cheap no not at all it's a chunk of money and as long as you're spending that much money i would say spend another hundred bucks and get the series x yep uh, Cinetike says, uh, seems like not many PS5 only people here. I agree. And again, it's because our demographic is older people with disposable income. So people can afford mm-hmm. two consoles. I've had at least two different PR people tell me that the reason they give us advanced review code is because they know that our audience is older and you guys have money. So, and you guys will listen to us and actually go buy stuff based upon what we say. So um, you're right. Like, most of the people who are a part of Sifted, who follow us, are a little older, making a little bit more money, a little further in their careers, not living hand to mouth. And um, so, yeah, a lot of you guys pretty much can buy whatever you want, um, which is why we're a multi-platform show. We never lean one way or the other because we know you guys generally have all the consoles. So Okay, so I guess now it does look like the uh, Series S is about half what the X costs. So they've lowered the price of the looks, S? It looks like it's about, coming up about 250 most places. Okay. That's not bad. No. I mean... I can see the temptation of that better than the launch prices, at if, least. Especially if you're someone who's like, I'm only buying this to play the exclusives. Mm-hmm. Then maybe it makes a little more sense. But then if you're going to try to play Starfield on that, I don't know how right. well that's going to go for you. Yeah, I would get an X. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, one Super Master Gamer, I just asked three more coworkers that plays almost only Call of Duty on PS5, and they don't know about Starfield. Interesting. Well, they will. They will once the advertising yep. kicks in. But like, once the reviews come out, provided the game reviews well and it gets high review scores, they'll know. At that point, they'll know. It'll be. Well, they'll know because it'll be advertised on major sports games. Right. Like, It'll be the big release for the middle of the year that people mm-hmm. were talking about. 
Whether it's good or bad, nobody knows. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> a fire native says Sony didn't solve anything on the PS5 supplies. Um, less supply chain restraints because less affected by COVID. Scalpers are the main reasons PS5s were sold. No, 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 no. We're not going here. This, you, <laughs> okay. Um, Scalpers so, were a problem, but they were not doing. They were not responsible for stores never getting more. Like, yeah, that was not what was happening. I get to see where that comment was headed. We're not. Yeah. we're not going to head down that way on our show. Um, so anyway, that's Starfield, undoubtedly one of the biggest releases of the year, and also one of the biggest X factors, probably of this generation. I would argue. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like, is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Is it going to move the needle? Is it not? Is it going to put Game Pass over the top? Is it going to stem the tide of Xbox getting its butt kicked by PlayStation so far? There's just so much riding on this game. Undoubtedly, one of the biggest games for this year. Um, or is it just going to come out and barely work and we're all just going to be mad like we were about Cyberpunk? It could be. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. There's, again, a huge X factor. No doubt about it. Uh, next up, Redfall. Matt mentioned earlier, There's a, the release dates for all these games are ambiguous. Like, mm-hmm. none of them have hard release dates, which makes me nervous because we've been living in this Xbox world where stuff may or may not be released and there seems to be... No rhyme or reason why games are taking forever to be developed and why they're not being finished and why we're not able to play them yet. Like I said, we're like two and a half, two, yeah, two plus a, years into this con- console generation, and we don't really have any big Xbox exclusives to play still. Well, I, there's no mystery about that to me. Uh, the only mystery to me is what's taking so long with Hellblade 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, the others are just like, that was when they were bought. That was when the projects began. Oh, there's a couple COVID others. Stopped a bunch of I think shit. there'll be a couple others we'll get to here where you, yeah. you'll agree that there's like what's going on there but you're right there's the only one i really have questions about is hellblade 2 okay mainly because it was shown so long ago at the game awards and i'm like where is this you know yeah that's a whole thing though i don't think hellblade will be out this year that would be awful but we'll talk about hellblade in a second um this is redfall this is a i hate to call it a cooperative shooter because you can play it solo you don't have to play redfall with a team of three other players however you can um a lot of people have been saying this is arcane's left for take on left for dead not quite there are definitely some similarities to it but this is way more story driven than any left for dead or back for blood or any of the clones of left for dead have been um, this is a highly cinematic game that, again, if you want, you can play it on your own. It takes place in a small town in Massachusetts, and you are tasked with ridding the island of Redfall of a vampire scourge. And again, you can play it alone or with up to four different pl- or three other players in co-op. Um, you can util- utilize a wide array of weapons and a diverse selection of characters, all of whom you can customize with learned traits and abilities, audacious weapons, and supernatural powers including intertwining levels that Arcane is known for. So people are also wondering, like, okay, well, what's the level design like in this? You play Left 4 Dead, it's like this cattle chute that you just run down until you get to the next safe house. This game actually has the labyrinthine level design that Arcane's games are known for. And if you're wondering who Arcane is, Arcane has done games like Prey, uh, Dishonored, basically immersive sim games. So... It really is an amalgamation of Arcane's immersive sim template with sort of a Left 4 Dead cooperative monster hunting aesthetic. Does that sound interesting to you, Matt? Somewhat. Because I mean, it also the... does mix in the supernatural 
abilities that you get mm-hmm. I mean, and they are drastic the devs comparison to far cry 2 is what makes me more interested yeah left for dead has no interest and has nothing to offer me. it's not look it's not a left for dead clone i'll just say that mm-hmm. right now it's not like you'll play it and you'll feel elements of it kind of the loop is a little bit like it but it's not like safe house to safe house like left for dead and all its clones are um, again, mm-hmm. I can't say a lot about this because I've been in the beta. and I'm also just sort of skeptical because I haven't liked an arcane game in forever outside yeah. of Prey. Like, I just don't really like their design philosophy. Yeah. Um, I typically don't like their art and their aesthetics very much, other than Prey. I like yeah. Prey. Like, Prey is a big exception, but, like, a lot of arcane... I mean, I do like how Dishonored looks, but I, See, just, I, don't. Don't, I just don't like those games. I've yeah. tried. I've tried to play both Dishonored and Dishonored 2, like, three Multiple times, times I've tried. Yeah, and they ju- I, just I can't get into it. don't like them. Yeah. I end up dying usually in some like crappy way, and I'm like, "F this game," and I stop. I just don't. For for a company that gets praised for its, I hate the genre of immersive yeah. sim. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, what 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 isn't? It's about trying to be immersive and simulate. Like it's a dumb name for things. Just call them Deus Ex clones. Yeah. Um, but like. For for yeah, they get praise for like oh the immersive sim thing you can do whatever you want no you can't do whatever you want I constantly feel in arcane games like I'm being told I'm doing it wrong no you're right and failing because yeah. you did it wrong especially in Dishonored yeah it's true Deathloop as well to some degree I De- I agree with you yeah Deathloop didn't feel interesting or innovative to me it just felt like I wasn't being told what I was supposed to do for the first tw- like figure two it hours. out figure it out I did figure it out and then I'm like it's got to be more it? to figure <laughs> out and then there wasn't and yep. I was like okay like. I'm just not impressed by arcane stuff most of the time, and I don't really like the feel of a lot of the the, the, the gameplay much of the time. Like it's too floaty and slippery for me. Um, Prey Prey ran strongly on its premise and music for me, um, and that was kind of why I put up with some of that. Also, it was a little more grounded in mm-hmm. terms of how it played. I don't know what this is going to be like, but being arcane has me kind of on guard none of their games and, sell by the way and yeah no let's just be honest i mean at least arcane still exists There's yeah that. uh Which and, i'm surprised at and i'm i'm more positive on it now that i know it's not a left for dead clone mm-hmm. but it's still a big wait and see mm-hmm. to me it doesn't feel like it's tracking very well at all uh i know the traffic on sifted for the game has not been great it doesn't feel like people are really talking about it all that much i saw someone in chat mention like is this game needs a demo that's a thousand percent accurate it needs a demo for people on game Pass, at least for people on game pass Mm -hmm. um now obviously if you're on game pass you're going to get the whole game for free basically when it does come out so maybe that's how they look at their demos now i don't know uh but this game if they're looking to sell it to people outside of game pass it definitely needs people need to to try it first well they're gonna have to do the ad campaign yeah it's just like movies ad campaigns for for the non-hardcore don't start until about three to four weeks out so it's true yep so we need need a release date first yeah and still we really have no idea just the first half of 2023 is really all we know for redfall um i will say this if you haven't been paying attention to this game as its marketing starts to ramp up here in the next couple months start paying a little bit of attention because i do feel like it's not getting as much attention as it should be getting right now i'll just finish with that so that's redfall next up now this is a game matt that i would argue that i'm kind of wondering what's going on with it you said there was just one but i think forza motorsport wtf where is it uh i think forza well first i think they they got bogged down in the tech uh uh, what are you playing with (laughs) Uh uh-oh strange sounds from from luna
and Luna. Twist tie. <laughs> That's all it takes. Yeah. Well, if, they, if she eats that, it can get stuck in her oh, intestines and kill yeah, her. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, so you're saying that I, I think turn got, 10 is stuck on the tech? I think they got bogged down in the tech and trying to like tweak it for like, you know, to show the new system off and all that. And then you got, you basically have to fit the fo fo force of main series around your Horizon release schedule. Yeah. Because Horizon is the That's one that sells. Over. It's, yeah. it's, you know, Horizon churns out and comes out regularly and comes out reliably and sells like, like you know, like a bat out of hell. And, you know, I think they learned, and I think we all learned, that Forza as a launch title uh, for the Xbox One was not super exciting. No. Like, it didn't catch fire. Nobody really talks about it anymore. Nobody missed this. This is a vanity project. This is ex exactly what you're saying earlier is right. People look at this series to see how it pushes the yeah. hardware. What can this piece of Microsoft hardware do? They check out this game to see mm -hmm. what it can do. And it in this case, I think it was better to wait and really get your head around the hardware and do, do, it, do it to the metal, as they say. Um, and I think it will be very impressive, but it's just, and also like the other thing to think, to think about is like, of all the games that are not kind of MIA from Microsoft, this is the one I see asked about the least. It is. Because it's such a known quantity. Well, this was announced. You got to remember, this was announced the day the Xbox Series X yeah. was announced. Like we have known about this forever and we're still waiting for it. It's two plus years later. The mm. other thing too, if you remember... This was one of the big games that they focused on in the debut. They had a huge developer talk that they had where they, I mean, they know already what the game is. Here's what I would argue. Look at this engine. Does it I mean, need I, to be like that, Matt? No. But no. That, that's what these these car games do. It's what Gran Turismo does, too. If this is what's keeping this game from releasing and keeps being crap like this. It is, I'm sure. That's ridiculous. Get it out. Nobody needs to see, like, every little wire and hose. We don't. Car people want to see that. It's okay. <laughs> like, are you going to hold it up for like 5% of your audience? They're actually going to buy the game? Like, apparently. I guess so. Like, I, again, like to, to my point when we started discussing this, what is going on with That's this game? That's what's going on. Like, they're they're it's perfectionists. A, it's absurd. Just put the game out. Like, eh. <laughs> this hasn't this isn't a factor really like no one's buying an xbox for this no so, you know, it's not going to move the needle no it's but just, when you're talking about the dearth of releases that xbox has had now for two years here comes the third year it might be time to start getting some of these games out well this will be out this year that's what they've said i thought it was out going to come out last year after well i didn't know why you thought that that was <laughs> they didn't say they said they've said this is this year I don't think they've ever given a date, really. They haven't given it a date, no. Yeah. Beyond up beyond 2023. But we'll see. And but again, if it doesn't make it this year, like I don't care. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, it's it's not the end of the I mean, it's not Starfield getting delayed out of the year. You know? Right now it's scheduled for spring 2023. So that means March, April, May, maybe June, mm -hmm. something like that. So if you get this out in April, then it gives you two months before Starfield. Yeah. Maybe you're bumping up against Redfall, but I can't imagine these are. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot of crossover other. between yeah. those two games. Yeah. I don't think that's going to cannibalize no. your sales or anything. So no, these things are their own thing, and it's a year from after GT Seven. So mm -hmm. yeah, you're kind of not going to be compared directly. About that. I mean, you yeah. will be, but it's not going to be like you're you know fighting for shelf space. No, fanboys will do the, the side by sides. Most sure. people won't care. Yeah. Sure. Um, so anyway, again, for spring 2023, that's pretty much all the information we have. But you know what you're getting with Forza Motorsport. It's a rigid driving simulation, although a little bit 
more fun than Gran Turismo generally, although Gran Turismo edged a little bit in that direction with Gran Turismo 7, so mm -hmm. maybe they're starting to become more alike than they have been in the past. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to in how the presentation will change, like you, assuming you're not going to be using Jeremy Clarkson for anything at this point. <laughs> um, I assume you will also not be meeting in a weird cafe somewhere. Yes. Um, <laughs> Gran Turismo 7. Yeah, I don't know. Um... It just feels like the day of the driving sim has come and gone. Well, there's not much left to do. And, mm -hmm. like, the improvements are so incremental now. I mean, the, the driving sim is sort of... It's it's really the, the, the diminishing returns poster child at this point. Because, like, well, more and more you see the next the new generation of hardware over the last couple generations has not been as much of a jaw-dropper as it once was. Nothing's ever going to match the jump to Dreamcast. Mm -hmm. But, like... You don't see it as amazing anymore. Maybe the Unreal Engine 5 stuff, but we haven't seen that pay off yet. Um, but, like, the driving sim used to be, like, the, 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 the marker for how, you know, back in the day, we used to, you know, how far out was the pop-in? Where was the draw? You know, like, driving games fogging. were, like... How much? How, how intense much was the fogging? That was, <laughs> is, the fogging is the fog pushed out? Yeah, that was the... Or is the, it real close? That was the, almost the benchmark for what a system could do in terms of sort of, like... The draw judging distance. power uh -huh. and nowadays is just sort of like forza's looked pretty damn perfect for like three games now yeah and at this you're just sort of rearranging the deck chairs yeah, now. now what yeah. but i mean like you complain about the the engine being realistic looking that's all that's left mm -hmm. like you know they they moved it used to be the car looked really good and then they had to make the tires look really good and then they had the power and the memory to make the interior of the car and now there's nothing left to make all the inside at this point but stuff you can't see the next year gran turismo's <laughs> big bullet point is going to be all the bottoms of the cars right look right yeah, as, opposed just over the, as opposed to just the flat gray <laughs> right yeah you know. yeah so yeah that's your next step is 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 realistic like chassis yeah under under no one's the gonna car care that you only see very like three times percentage of people will care yeah so anyway there you and go that's when the the photo mode will have the the rack you can put them up on so you can oh, right. look underneath <laughs> and see all the machine well all these trailers for these games show like they're in the garage now the, the yeah. car's up on the lift like but they don't really show you what's actually under there so you may be right but it's all pointless yeah let's just make a fun driving game and get it out how about that well, the fun driving game is horizon it is forza motorsport is the is the gear the draw game. drab one the doll drab one that's yep. the one where you're supposed to just really care about the, the nuts and bolts yep you're supposed to know how many rivets are in the back of a bugatti <laughs> right and if there aren't the right number you are going to be complaining on twitter yep uh so anyway from here on things get very ambiguous like there are no hard release dates for the rest of these games so we're going to do it the same way we did it with PlayStation and Nintendo. We've now talked about the games that actually have at least a release date or a release window. Now we're going to talk about the games that we think may or may not be coming out. We don't know yet. Uh, so we're going to have to add a little bit of conjecture uh, into this discussion. First up, Arc 2, hmm. starring Vin Diesel. It's very odd that this has become kind of a an Xbox exclusive because I would argue that this game really caught on the or for the original really caught on on PC. It did, and it actually sold really well on Switch. I think it did, yeah, because kids love this game. Yeah, kids well, love Ark Survival Evolved. Yeah, well, because it's dinosaurs and you can ride dinosaurs. It's it's like Fortnite, but like a little more esoteric yeah. and. Only kids have the patience to get into this bullshit because I tried a couple times. There's nothing about this game that I shouldn't love, and I just cannot. The onboarding in the first game was abysmal. Yeah. But kids fight right through it. 
It's crazy. Like I, I asked my nephews, I'm like, didn't you, were you frustrated when you first started this? They were like, they were like, hell no, Shane. I was so excited to play a game like this with dinosaurs that I would have fought through anything. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but. Yeah, they don't know that their lifespans are finite. Right. (laughs) They're counting the days like we we are, but they were just like, no. There's only so many days I have left and I'm not spending them with Vin Diesel. Yeah, they're like, they're almost like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm like because like the first hour of when it first launched the first hour of arc was a nightmare oh, getting yeah. over the hump and still like when i built my first house i remember like someone just showed up and just wiped me out and my game was over and mm-hmm. i was like well, i just fought for like 90 minutes to get through the and i think they did nerf it over time yeah they've they've worked on it and then the, the tutorial the onboarding thing is way more explicit now and, yeah but it's you know it your first impression is your first impression. it was rough for me uh, but the kids love it, and they're probably going to love this one, but they're not going to love that it's like an Xbox exclusive. Is this a timed exclusive? Probably, I would think. It can't. They'd be idiotic. They don't own, they don't own this. No. Either. They'd be idiotic to only release it for one platform. So my guess is, yes, this is a timed exclusive on Xbox. Um, it does star Vin Diesel. It does feature an expanded world, and the combat is supposed to be one of their big focuses for this sequel, because let's be honest, the combat in the last one was a little janky and a little weird. Oh, it was like Risen 2 stuff. It was, it was bad. good. Yep. Uh, really, the game was kind of driven by crafting, and I'm yeah, guessing... Yeah, it, it was actually an early entry in the survival crafting yeah. genre that, that rode on dinosaurs as yep. sort of its, its hook, which, I mean, it worked. Yep. It's also more story-based this time. You can already tell from this trailer with Vin Diesel... Um, and the plot is basically Vin is protecting his daughter from prehistoric whatevers. Um, yeah, whatever those things are supposed to be. Yeah. Monster. And then he hominids. rides like a T-Rex with armor. <laughs> Vin Diesel does. Why not? Also, I don't think a barehanded punch to a guy with a saber tooth helmet is going to yeah. go well for you. It's That's Vin just... Diesel, Matt. Any punch from Vin Diesel can end galaxies. No, he, pu- just... he punched the saber tooth <laughs> off the helmet. That's... <laughs> yeah that's two broken Um, knuckles sir but again we have no release date this was originally supposed to come out last year in 2022 it was pushed to this year so chances of it coming out seem to be pretty good any interest in this not really this is kind of one of those those, i would like to be interested in exactly that's what i was gonna say this is one of those games that i wanted to like it and i couldn't and i'm hoping that with this sequel they fix a lot of the issues that kept me from enjoying the first game um we'll see but yeah, my guess is this is probably a six-month timed exclusive on Xbox. They'd be foolish to give them any more, but unless Microsoft made it worth their while financially. Um, but obviously, Microsoft is spending tons of money in other places, so I don't know if they're money-hatting a lot of developers and publishers right now when they're trying to buy something for like $67 billion. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know if they have a lot of uh, pocket change left over for stuff like this. So my guess is it'll be exclusive six months on Xbox before moving to PlayStation and Switch. If this can even run on Switch, because the other thing, too, is that this is, I believe, next-gen only. I think it's only Xbox Series and PS5. Yeah. So I don't know how or if they're going to make it work on Switch. We'll see. But, um, <laughs> again, we don't really have a hard release date for this. It was supposed to come out last year. It's now been pushed to this year. So my guess would be first half of the year but who knows it could have needed know. to be could have been delayed more everything's than been so quiet on this that who yeah. knows they haven't heard anything so we'll see how that goes that's arc two next up this game's a little i think floating out there not knowing what's going on that is stalker 2 heart of chernobyl this game is being developed by a studio from ukraine mm-hmm. they had to abandon their facilities and did they go to 
Where did they go? Was it Romania or something? I think they went to Romania or Hungary. I can't remember. Yeah, they left and went to another country to finish off the game. Um, I don't know, yeah, Matt. Like they fled with the game, basically. Yeah, they was, took the code amazing. and everything with them. Like, it's crazy. I'm worried this game isn't going to make it this year with all the stuff going on. I don't know. From what I understand, they got where they were going and set set up camp. We're able to keep, like, keep going. Um, it's supposed to still be the first half of this year, but we'll see. But I, cannot, I imagine they will get it. We will have an update at the direct next week. I cannot think of another game that I am rooting for harder than this one in this studio to go through what it's gone through trying to get this game done, and just you know, just what's going on in Ukraine in general. It. I am rooting for this studio. I am rooting for this game to be amazing. But again. No release date other than Q4 2023. That's all we know. It's supposed to come out mm-hmm. in the fall, which means it very easily could slip with all the X factors that are involved with mm-hmm. this studio right now. Well, especially because I don't think Microsoft is pinning a whole lot of hope on this one in terms of like market share. So. Well, they'd also be idiots and douchebags to pressure the studio to get it done. Yeah. It's like based upon what they've been going through. Like in the, their the one advantage of this game is that it doesn't need to be done at any given time. Mm-hmm. Like you're not hinging any quarterly plans on this you're not like counting on the revenue from this to meet any real targets probably you can you can sit on this until it's ready mm-hmm. i mean st- we've waited what 15 years for stalker it seems like sequel? it's been that like, long yeah i can't remember when the first stalker was it hasn't but. quite been that long but it's been a while for I mean, sure i, I want to say it was there i played the first one before i moved to la because yeah, there, there was right. that and Clear Skies. and It was also way ahead of its time when it launched. Oh, yeah. Like, most rigs couldn't even run the game properly when it came out. Yeah. So, um, it was kind of future-proofed a little bit. But still, it has been a long time. Um, Kevin Rafa says they moved to the Czech, 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 the Czech Republic, or I guess you're supposed to call it Czechia now. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, that's where they're trying to finish off the game. Um, it, does, it features an open world with what they're calling reactive enemy and creature AI. Um, they're saying it's equal parts first-person shooter, immersive sim, and horror game with light survival mechanics. So if that stuff sounds good to you, technically you've been watching I mean, this B-roll. It's a damn good-looking game. That sounds like Stalker. So. Yeah, it does. Um, it has First a non-linear was- story where you must decide the fate of the zone. Um, it will have official mod support, and there is multiplayer coming after the game's release. So it won't be available mm-hmm. at launch, but multiplayer will be added at a later date. Yeah. First Stalker was 2007. Okay. Uh, and, of course, based on the movie mm-hmm. that maybe people don't know about. But. Yeah, probably not, actually. Yeah, look up the movie Stalker. It's a, it's a, I, it is very much what the, what the game is based on. Yeah. Worth watching. It's a very atmospheric franchise, for sure. It Kevin piles Ruff, on Kevin Roffin says it reminds him of Metro. Yeah, Metro, I think, comes from a very similar place in terms of tone and, and style. Except these games generally are better. <laughs> Than the Metro games. Mm. Some of the Metro games have been rough. Well, the Metro least. games are trying to do a, a more simple shooter thing for the mm-hmm. most part, but uh, and are based on books that are also very, you know, drawing very much from the same like creative well in terms of like basically the Chernobyl thing. There might be a little Euro jank in this game. I mean, there certainly is in Stalker One. Yeah, I would for, be forgiving forgiving for of a good bit of it. Uh, playing the original Stalker games requires a very serious afternoon of modding. Yeah, um, but you know they know that mm-hmm. the people who are making this know that. Well, it's like I said, they are going to officially support <coughs> mods for this game, which yeah isn't happening as much as it should be happening in 2023. No, honestly. but I think that's absolutely necessary for a Stalker game mm-hmm. for sure, especially because of how Stalker works. One of the things about Stalker is that you just everybody has a different way they like to play it. So, 
like you need to you need to give that flexibility to people to to kind of choose their experience here. Yep. This ain't Dark Souls. You can you can mod in an easy mode if we if you want. Yeah. Nobody's gonna no nobody's one's gonna, gonna care. Yell at you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but again, we don't really have a release date for this game. It is just right now slated for Q4 of 2023. I guess it's 6040. It comes out this year, something like that. That'd be my guess. Because mm-hmm. um, all it takes is one little problem, and if it's scheduled for December or November right now, that one little problem is going to delay it out of the year. So we'll see. Rooting for, again, rooting for these guys, rooting for this studio, rooting for this game. Um, next up, the game Matt mentioned earlier, where he's like, what the hell's going on with it? Hellblade 2. Senua's Sacrifice. Game's mm-hmm. been in development for a really freaking long time. We got some gameplay of the game not that long ago. It looked pretty interesting. A lot of people didn't think it was gameplay when they showed it at first. People were like, oh, that's, that can't be how the game plays. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just very cinematic. It's not it's not Twitch-based, like, action-adventure-type yeah. gameplay. The first one was like that, too. I mean, there was mm-hmm. the fighting, but it was like... It was it was almost like Walking Simulator yeah. meets God of War. It was, like, heavy on the adventure side of the action-adventure. Yeah. And it looks like they're kind of moving in a different direction with that. And I, the other thing is, I don't think this is representative of how the entire game plays. I think this is probably just a section. And that might be what's taking so long, is I bet they have a whole bunch of different ideas. They're trying to do all those different ideas and change things up and all that stuff and not just make the first game again. Um, I will. I do think... Probably this has been this game's probably been reworked from from top to bottom a couple of times. Sounds like they're having trouble to kind of like settling on what it's going to be. Because um, let's be honest, we still don't know what. No, it's we still really don't quite know be. what it's going about. We know she's <laughs> leading a group now, and yeah. but like whatever this thing they. I mean, I love this preview this this gameplay trailer like the thing that comes out is fucking horrifying, mm-hmm. and the and the whole fight with it is great. Like yeah. it's like. I'm I'm in like yeah, I'm 100 in. I just they when? clearly show they clearly <laughs> jumped the gun on showing this thing. Yeah, so, they definitely announced this way too soon. Like announce it, fine, but like you show something like this, I'm kind of assuming you're you're about a year out. Yeah, and this it wasn't. and it's well, this is only about a year old, I'm guessing. Yes, yeah, but like now we still don't know any. I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. we'll find out something more concrete next week. But like, do you think it's coming out this year? I do not. I don't either. Actually, we haven't seen enough of it. No. I don't. I I think it's probably early next year. I think it's one or the other. Is it going to be Q4? I think they're going to target early, early next year, and it'll probably slip to late next year, or they will say end of this year, and it'll slip to early next year. Remember the first. But game, I do not think this will be out this year. Remember the first game, Ninja Theory coined the term AAA indie for the first one, right? Um, which basically means you're building, you're punching outside your weight class. Yeah, you're raising more. You're, you're, they found a way to make. Triple A looking material with less money, less people, and less money. Yeah, yeah, and and remain independently funded. Obviously, not true now that they've been bought by Microsoft. But yeah, I I think they'll get there. But like, it's it's like it doesn't worry me about the game, but it does frustrate me that like it's taking so long just because I want to play it. I do think Microsoft will give Ninja Theory as much time as it wants. Yeah, I think I think they are generally seem to be doing that with all every of studio. Yeah, and that could be a problem. <laughs> well, I mean, depending look, on the studio, they're doing fine. Apparently, they you know with the Game Pass is chugging along, and they're getting the Bethesda stuff out at mm-hmm. the at the timely manner, and you know they don't really you know you don't really need Hellblade two and like Avowed and these things to be immediately out to like you know you know you just needed to, you needed the the, the 
you need the pipe to start flowing and so and they 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 are this year i mean it well, may not be it's, it may it's not be trickling the, right now but may not be the things that we're most excited about other than starfield but they mm-hmm. are, you are going to start seeing finally some of the fruits of the label. a number of exclusives come out that maybe start to start to move that line up next to the playstation exclusives a little more yep um you know they can't all be pentiment but yeah I hope not anyway. But it does it's just a trickle right now. The the faucet hasn't been turned completely on yet. Yeah, but we're looking at at least 3 this year. It feels like this year should be the year where they crank the faucet on. <laughs> like maybe, but you don't want to flood it either. I mean, yeah. I think I think you want to go ideally you'd have 4 or 5 big exclusives from for the Xbox this year. And you already got 3, Forza, Redfall and uh and um Starfield, the the one I actually want. Um, and then I think you you hope maybe two of these make it out at some point. Maybe Arc Two gets out. I don't know. Um, generally, I, I feel don't like, like this one probably, but who knows? Generally, I feel like if you're really hitting your stride with first party, you should have at least six big releases a year. One one every two months. Yeah. Well, Ideally, think... you want one every month, but that's well. Then you're you're inevitably going to have half the stuff is going to not be interesting to me or not up to snuff quality that too. Wise. I mean yeah. I mean that's pretty much what Nintendo does. Yeah. Like there's probably there's, there's about one well, at least once a month there's something that's you can only get on Nintendo from Nintendo but most of the time I don't care. But then you get what we said last week, Kirby game, Kirby game, yeah, Kirby, Kirby game. We like Kirby. <laughs> that's still funny. Um so anyway, that's Hellblade. Matt and I both aren't confident it's coming this year and let's just be honest, the, ne- the rest of these games we're talking about, I'm not confident mm. in either. Next up, Fable by Playground Games studio that's really known for making driving games now yeah. it's although this is a new expansion mm-hmm. so. uh, expansion of the team the last real fable came out in 2010 so it's been this franchise has been on hiatus now for 13 years mm-hmm. um, there was the weird kind of co-op-y thing that they worked on well, for there was forever the connect, you don't forget the connect game oh right right <laughs> we've tried but, but the fable, last mainline yeah the last mainline fable was 2010 so we are certainly overdue for the next game in the franchise. There have been rumors floating all over the place about this. Some have said that it's going to be a reboot sequel. Some have said that it's going to be a prequel. But no one really knows, except one clue is that Microsoft is calling it Fable. Yeah, so my, my that, get, judging by that, the size of the city, my guess is it's a reboot. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah. Um, it I looks get, like you're jumping back to the medieval like fantasy right. thing and kind of just starting over, which is fine. Yep. Like, they... The, the original trilogy kind of ran its, ran its course. This game is also using the Forza Tech engine. So mm-hmm. they are repurposing the Forza engine that they built for the new Forza game to build this game. I don't know if that's a good idea. but yeah, Sure it is. It's just I a, mean, just as big open areas. Yeah. The, the question is, can they populate with anything of interest? Well, that's my um, question, though. I mean, the Forza engine, I mean, they're not drawing big open areas. And I mean, for Forza Horizon, they are, but not yeah. for Forza Motorsport. This, this, this is Forza Horizon. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that engine, it looks okay. Engines are more flexible than you think they yeah. are. Yeah. Especially now. All you got to do is build the whatever, and that's probably might be what's taking so long. You got to build it. But back in like, the PS2 era, that was not the case, however. No. <laughs> it has changed but, over time, back, for sure. Like, it's, but it's like what Amy Hennig was complaining about with Frostbite 2. It's like, we want a guy to hop over a wall. There's nothing in the Frostbite 2 engine that tells the engine how to do that. So we have to program it to ourselves. Build it, so yeah. I'm sure a lot of that is what's happening with this game is like, you. You know, the, 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 the Playgrounds engine for Forza is Horizon is obviously up to making big open worlds, but you're going to have to tell it how to make 
people climb things and swing weapons and i mean there's tons of, of tools you're gonna of have to, to do you're gonna have yeah. to overhaul that engine tremendously in terms of just you know dev tools you know yep. and there's nothing to say that that's not going to happen or that's not going to work like people have done it forever you know and developers have changed genres very successfully tons of times uh, to the point that sometimes we don't even remember the original genres they were known for before they switched to their big mega hits sure but um that takes time and yeah. taking a lot of time. And look, after the history of fa- Fables had, you cannot get this wrong. Yeah. Like, I don't blame them for keeping this under wraps as long as they have because, you know, Fables always had tremendous promise all the way back to that first speech Molyneux gave when he announced it and it never turned into <laughs> anything never, that he said He it was still never be. hit that um, all these no, years later. No. I was in the room for that. I yeah. saw that in person where he talked about the acorn growing near the tree, the tree and, and the- Project Ego and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it sounded like I went, I went back and I, th- I said it was the, I thought it sounded like the most amazing thing ever. And Adam Sessler was like, let me tell you some things about Peter Moll. <laughs> that have all been born out over time. Adam had to kind of take me aside and mentor me a little bit there, mm-hmm. um, which was valuable. But yeah. again, I do think Peter Molyneux's heart is in the right place, and he is not yeah. li- he's not like lying to you. He's not lying to you. He's just excited, and he thinks they can do it, and then they can't. He was lying with Milo. Oh, Milo was a weird situation. I busted his ass on Milo. Yeah. <laughs> Milo, and then... I we, peeked behind the curtain for Milo, we, and I was like, um, people are back here. It was like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, Adam and I went to Lionhead to do Fable 3 stuff in Guilford. We, we did a bunch of, we did Criterion and and and, uh, um, and uh, Media Molecule and everyone who was there. We, we mm-hmm. did But our main reason to go was, Fable, was big Fable, Fable 3 special. Yep. And we, luckily we had interviewed Peter a few weeks earlier here in L.A., because we didn't know, we, like, he didn't know if he was gonna have time when we were there, so we did that early because he was already here. And then we went there, and we went to Lionhead the day after Milo was canceled. <laughs> and like Ma- Peter Molyneux wasn't seeing anyone. Like they're, they're like he's too sad to talk to you, and like we didn't see him. And like it was amazing. It, it was like half the studio that had worked on like Milo was all sad and upset. And the other half was like that fucking game finally got killed. <laughs> and, like, and like, you could hear people talking about that shit in the hall. Like we we're walking past people that were like making jokes about how Milo was dead. And finally they, and like, and then like you'd see someone who heard them. It clearly was on the, Milo. it was crazy. Yeah. It was so crazy. That was because of me, Matt. Like, <laughs> I'm not kidding. So I went to see it. It like a, post e3 event where microsoft would rent like a hotel downtown or whatever and uh they demoed it for everybody and everybody like did the demo and just like filtered out of the room and went on to their next demo and i was like there's something weird going on here and i stuck around and waited and sure enough they pulled the curtain literally pulled a curtain back and there were people sitting in this little room with controllers controlling milo when was that at e3 i can't remember which year it was it's been 2009 I think so. But I, so I came back in on Invisible Walls that week. I was like, Milo is a sham. It's all fake. It's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. So it got canceled in May 2010, the year after. Yeah. So it took that long for Microsoft to pull the well, plug. Well, they immediately contacted me and were like, oh, I can't believe you're talking. I'm like, I saw it. My guess is that they basically said, you show us something real in this amount of time or we're not going to do it. Yeah. And then they left me alone. And sure enough, I was a thousand percent right. So, yeah, that he you're right for the most part with the fable stuff it's just him like pie in the sky i'm hoping we can get there he straight up lied about milo my also my other belief about the fable stuff is is a bunch of times i remember him he says stuff about fable early on and then 
what happens at the in the final game is different or an altered version right. of what he you can see how that concept sort yeah. of got like pared down to right. what it was. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if he was all that involved in that stuff. I, mean, I yeah. wonder because because Fable was Big Blue Box's game and was right. basically he like Lion had bought them to save them and then that mm -hmm. became their new project yeah. instead of BC. Right. That's and right. Like yeah, I forgot about BC. It wasn't really his game. Yeah, it's true. You know, he just he talked it up, but it, I mean, yeah, he was the spokesperson. But I always wonder how involved he was with that or how much he was just like going by what he'd been told were the, were the goals of the project and then those goals were shifting and no one was really sharing it with him because you don't want to admit to the boss of the boss that <laughs> right. like you kind of oh, yeah, we can't get the acorn to work you know yeah. <laughs> um they did get an acorn to grow into a tree sort of at yeah one point. But it was one all the, i think it was the dlc canned. or something yeah. but or it was, was also not real like it was canned. no it was just a cut to right yeah years later <laughs> and fake. suddenly it's a tree wasn't the way it was supposed to no work. in, in yeah. the original gdc speech you were supposed to be able to watch, watch the, the tree thing grow, grow. in yes. the, yeah almost in over time with a real-time clock and yeah all nonsense but uh, also, who wants to watch a tree grow? It's like watching paint dry. It's one of those things where it's just like, what is that about? Like, but I got—I really do have to emphasize how much Peter Molyneux can make you believe things in person. Like you it, want to believe what there he is says. A, he has a reality distortion field that's like nothing else I've ever experienced, except maybe around like Steve Jobs. He's very charismatic. He's very into his ideas. And yeah. you want to believe can, they're true. And he can bring you in. Yeah. That's the thing he can do. At one point, I, I was before Fable 2, and we were do an interview with him again at GDC, but I, I mentioned to him that I had um, just played Fable 1 again and played only as an archer. And then he goes like, oh, then you are going to love this button right here on Art and Fable 2. And he starts showing me, like, oh, listen, he has all your ranged combat. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that's great. And we're leaving, and Adam's like, what did he tell you? I'm like, oh, this is, he's like, he told you the Y button shoots? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy it it's so to easy fall. to fall yeah. for he, he's so good he's so good at it and now his day is done people well, too many people fell for it and got suckered and now he 20, makes 20, mobile 22 games. cans didn't quite <laughs> didn't quite pan out yeah. quite the way are they still there yeah, they're still making they're still mobile there? games okay. yep what was uh, that one that like you tap everybody tapped on the square for forever until it opened you remember that oh i do remember, remember that. that what was that yeah. called yeah I did that so much. I was so I don't know why. I don't I would sit cuz cuz we had so much downtime in the in the booth when we were shooting the show yeah. that I just sit there with my phone on the tap, table tap, and just tap, tap it the whole time. I can't remember what that was. Curiosity. Mean. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you Kevin Kevin. Scam. <laughs> this is what it should have been called scam. Uh, okay, we got to move on. Yeah. Next up, another game that doesn't really have a solid release date. State of Decay 3. This game I'd give this a 25% chance of coming out this year. All we have is this pre-rendered CG trailer of it so far. We haven't seen a lick of in-engine stuff yet. No. We've also heard stories yeah, from I the under, studio. We've, we've heard that the studio's in serious Yeah, trouble. there's been some cultural issues there that maybe set, it, set the game back a little bit. Also, don't forget, State of Decay 2 was a disaster when it launched. Yeah. Broken buggy mess. State of Decay 1 broken buggy mess yeah. at launch i do like those games a lot i, I still like, play them oh boy yeah so play rough. them at launch I that's half the fun of them oh yeah but i I, <laughs> I, stopped, I stopped playing state of decay 2 uh at launch finally because i hit a point where you know you build your base and you get you get really invested in building yeah. the base. and it's at some point a bug hit where every time i parked a car in one of the parking spaces at the base it would disappear <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I'm not, no. Like that's it. I'm, that's it. I'm going to wait for you to fix that. And then I don't know if they ever fix it, but I never went back to it. I will say my brother-in-law and my niece play that game 
all the time. Like they have been playing for for almost a year now or more than that. And I look at like their bases and they're like what they've set up. They they have like my brother-in-law has a giant arsenal he keeps of all the guns anyone finds. They bring them to him and he stores them in this place. And so anyone who needs like a good gun for whatever they're doing that night when they're all playing together, he just hands out weaponry to them. And it's a, it's amazing. Like but I just don't have I don't have the wherewithal or the time to get involved. Justin Horman uh, did it right. He said, I'm stoked for this game after I got in the state of, de- of Decay 2 like a year after it launched. Yeah, that's exactly that's about That's how was, you enjoy State yeah. of Decay. You don't get it at launch. You wait for them to patch it and fix it for a year, yeah. and then you jump in. And then it's the game that they promised. Which might be why this is taking... I mean, also, there's, <laughs> it sounds like there's cultural problems yeah. at the studio, so yep. we'll see what happens. But I do hope it, it gets here eventually because I do like those games. Highly doubtful, In spite though. of themselves. Right. But Highly not, doubtful we see this this year. year. I would be shocked I'd if be this stunned. is this year. Yep. Here's one that I think maybe has a better like, chance. I would give you pre-order money for Hellblade 2 now rather than <laughs> believe that this was coming out yeah. this year. Next up is a game that I think has a better chance, but I can guarantee that you're going to disagree with me, and that is Everwild from Rare. Oh, God. So this game... Probably announced way too early. Probably. <laughs> they didn't even know what it was. When they announced it. Was it, it was, last E3 or the year three but or the year before where they literally said we don't know what the gameplay is? It was the year yet. before. Yeah, where they're trying to figure out what it's gonna what the game this is. This game be. has been they in the They just cooker. built a world and they're like, What what should this game be? I'm yeah. like, I feel like that's backwards. You gotta realize Rare has not released a game since Sea of Thieves in twenty eighteen. Yeah. Coming up on five years since Rare released a new game. And look, Although, to be fair, Sea of Thieves support has been very good and robust. It has, but I, I mean, it feels like... That's not the whole Rare That's team, not obviously. enough for a whole studio. Well, they've been making this. They're trying to find a game in it somewhere. Apparently. Um, some details have leaked out about this game over time. Um, the playable characters are called the Eternals. And they are more or less humans, but they live in a world filled with diverse creatures. Some of them are peaceful. <laughs> you might need to cre- change that name once Marvel hears about right. it. Right. Some of them, some of them are peaceful. Others not so much. Um, the creatures range from almost completely unrecognizable to really insane, as you can see right here with this deer. It looks like, oh, that's a deer, and then as you pan out, you're like, oh, that's not a deer. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's kind of this game, this game's art style in a nutshell. Um, all Rare really said is that the, the goal of the game, from what it's decided so far, is that you're trying to seek peaceful, symbiotic relationships with the creatures. And that's pretty much it. This seems like the game where we will actually watch a tree grow. In our yeah, time. it might. <laughs> um, I would give this a better chance of coming out this year, though, than State of Decay 3. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think State of Decay 3 is the least likely to come out of any of Microsoft's in-house things. It's hard to imagine that Rare built all these cinematics of the in the game engine of all these moments in the game when it doesn't yet know what the game really is. Well, like, that's makes- a lot of work for, like, just shooting in the dark. Like, it's, I mean, it's proof of concept. Like, look, there's nothing in this. In, there's nothing in these scenes you couldn't have come up with if you hadn't just sat down and watched a bunch of Studio Ghibli movies for, a, for an afternoon. <laughs> that's true. But finding a game that plays interestingly and fun out of that is a whole different beast. Yeah, but I mean, it's look, that beast. Yeah, what the giant salamander, motherfucker! Ugh. Oh, <laughs> all right, there's just your, had its babies. Apparently, meet, meeting your kids. Yeah, rare. <sighs> Rare's due. Let's be honest. It needs to put out a game. It's been a long flipping time. Um, and we have got reports that like they've kind of rebooted this game at least once to try to figure out, as you said, what it actually mm-hmm. is. I mean, of all that, you talk about all the like, oh, about the companies and they're not doing anything. They're not, there's no output. 
Well, talk about a wasted company purchase. Rare. Like, I, I don't know if there's another developer purchase that has paid off less for another company than Microsoft buying Rare. Well, the funny part about it, though, is if you go back and look at that deal, and that was in, what, 2002, I think it was? Yeah, sounds right. I think they bought it for, like, $250 million or yeah, something like that. I guess it didn't that. cost them that much, really. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, in today's numbers, that's nothing. Back then, that was a pretty big deal, but not as big as it should have been. A lot of people were like, wait a minute, Nintendo got ripped off. They could have sold Rare for way more than that back yeah, then. Nintendo didn't seem to have any interest in them anymore. No, it doesn't. At all, which is bizarre because it was really a, a, a match made in heaven, mm-hmm. Nintendo was, and Rare. Yeah, it was it was a good supplement to Nintendo's in-house stuff. Because it was already making stuff that Nintendo would have been making on its own. Yeah. So, like one of the reasons the Nintendo 64 felt so robust in terms of what it was putting out was because, you know, while you were waiting for another Mario game, you got two Banjo-Kazooie games and a Donkey Kong game. Yeah, and Jet Force Gemini and yeah. Blast Core. It filled all the holes for first-party stuff that Nintendo couldn't fill on its own. Old Nye, Perfect Dark. Yeah, the new relationship just has not worked out. Um, for Rare the way it but did also, for like, Nintendo. But also, everything that Rare did after that was not Viva Pinata, Grab by the Ghoulies. Grab by the Ghoulies was a bad, bad debut. Game. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, Viva Pinata was fun. Cameo, Elements of Power, which was neutered from its original yeah, idea that, on that GameCube. That was a whole bunch yep. of different... So anyway, Rare is not what it once was. I don't think anyone... That's not a newsflash mm. for anybody. But still, well, it's stuck, been five freaking years. Then they got stuck making Xbox Live avatars for long. Yeah. I would see the bottom of an avatar shoe. Yeah, right. That's right. I would put this game's probability of coming out this year at like 30%. Oh, I would put it at like one. Lower? I don't really? Th- I don't think After game, five years? No. I don't think this game exists in any real form. I think it. the big X factor will be E3. If it's shown at mm-hmm. E3, it probably, I think it might come out this year. If it's not, then it may be canceled. We may never see it. But, I would not be surprised if it got canceled yeah. at all. This, okay. For some reason, I also link this one with Scalebound in my head. I think because <laughs> they were being promoted they around were, the same time. Yeah, they were. So, they, they were in press that's conferences probably not together. Fair. That's probably not fair to Everwild, yeah. but like it has no it, you know like when you've got the the devs literally saying we don't know what the game is yeah after showing it twice i'm like i don't know that's a bad like, sign i mean that's microsoft poor management yeah. that should not happen no let's be honest it should not happen no, you should not be game. making stuff that polished no with not knowing what the game, game is isn't it's yeah, isn't anything yet which is why i gave it the 30 percent because they've done a lot of work obviously and i find it hard to believe they would just trash all that work but who knows? Yeah, um, I, think, I think I'd give you a, uh, I'd say a thirty percent chance we ever see it hmm. at all. Oh, wow, I, I would it give comes it out at all. Wow, but, uh, but I would this, give it higher this than year. That. Like I wouldn't. No, no. I mean, maybe only State of Decay three would be lower in my mm. pers- my probability. Well, that. here's another one that may be lower. The Outer Worlds two. I don't expect that this year, but I do think it's. Uh, I don't think there's anything. Weird. I don't think there's any question that this game. They know what this game is. Yeah, I don't think be there's anything and, weird happening. With this one. I, I think it's. Just, I think it's just 2024. Yeah. Um, the the tagline for this game is new solar system, new crew, same outer worlds. Um, mm-hmm. It basically follows up on the same premise as the original. I mean, the distant future, mega corporations have begun <laughs> terraforming planets with the hopes of profiting yeah, from them. Fallout in space, and you stop. It. Yeah. That's Which a good is cool. Way to put it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ha- I like the first one a lot. I did too. And the other thing I would say more. is that the first one was not bloated. No, it, it wasn't. wasn't a seventy-hour whatever sprawling thing. Like I, I finished it, was, it in twenty-some no, hours. I thought it was a little too short for what it was, but I didn't want it to be like forty more hours. I wanted it mm-hmm. to be like ten more. Like I wanted one more planet. Basically. But that also means that they could conceivably get this done pretty quickly if they stick to that same well, they, size. Well, they are not. They said oh. that this one's, bi- this oh, one's okay. bigger. Oh, okay. I had not seen that. Um, 
But like you, I really like the first Outer Worlds. They definitely created a great world. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point, like it wasn't quite up to scratch with what you expect from like a Bethesda RPG. But you got to realize now you have this other studio that's delivering the left hand jab. So you got Bethesda on the right, mm-hmm. and now you got this studio cranking out RPGs with the with the left hand. Like that's a pretty good combo. Yep. I and mean, they're going to start making. It sounds like they might do a Fallout. Yeah, so. I mean that's going to pay dividends for a long, yeah, long having time. Having Obsidian to come. around to give you a Fallout without having to wait for Bethesda to make it in yeah. like 2032 is going to be very yeah. handy. It's a big deal. And if they can keep putting out stuff like this while they're doing that other stuff, holy cow! Mm-hmm. It's Obs- amazing. And you got Obs- a Vowel on the Obsidian way. Obsidian is very quickly pro- might be proving themselves to be the MVP of the stable. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. What about I don't if, think is anything anyone expected from them. No, um, necessarily. They've always been solid, but you know, janky. But uh, between this and you know, uh, grounded, and they've got maybe a Fallout in the works, and they got a Vowed in the works, and they they they, they shot Pentiment out out of nowhere. Like it's like they are delivering so far. Like, yeah. If they can get this all done in a timely manner and make it all good, like these guys could be the new stars in that in that uh, lineup that's true what do you think about avowed you think avowed's gonna make it out this year not a chance in hell so that's obsidian's basically their elder scrolls yeah they i mean it is similar but they they have tempered expectation they're like it's not skyrim big it's not mm-hmm. that it's like it, it sounds like you should be trying to think more of a spiritual successor to arx fatalis mm, okay um if anyone remembers that one most don't. Most do not. But yeah. it was uh, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It was more of a free. It was more of a. Uh, I gotta say it again, and I hate it, but I got it. More of an immersive sim take on the <laughs> on the Skyrim style RPG. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you don't think a vow will make it this year, though? I would be shocked. Even though it's not quite as involved as. No, I would be stunned if that game. We still came only have a single trailer for that game as well. Yeah. So. Generally, you only have one trailer. Game's probably not coming out in the next 12 months. No, I bet we'll hear more about it, but I think that's next year. But then again, you're kind of running out of stuff that could be coming out this fall, so who knows. Um, The final game, Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark reboot coming from, like, three Mm -hmm. different studios at this point. (laughs) It's it's what, the Initiative plus Crystal Crystal Dynamics Dynamics, and and Microsoft's Mothership. Yeah. So you have three, basically, entities working (laughs) on the new Perfect Dark. You wouldn't think this would take this many heads together. It really shouldn't be that complicated. But the fact that they have kind of put all hands on deck. This game's being made here in L.A., by the way, Mm -hmm. um, for the most part. The fact that Microsoft has put all hands on deck on this, do you think that means that it might actually come out in a decent amount of time, though? It might. Like, this is... Like, it wouldn't super shock me if E3 came around and they actually were like, yeah, this is our their big holiday game yeah um because it feels like something that could have been done in time and it feels like something you might want to like really focus on because clearly halo didn't work Mm -hmm. but you want some kind of big multiplayer shooter to sort of fill the gap Um, i wonder if this might be like a third person shooter though matt and not a first person shooter i know that might be sacrilege to perfect dark fans but i would be fine with that i think that's something xbox needs is third person action games you know, especially since Gears of War doesn't seem to be anything. Seems anymore. to be dying on the vine. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it, it needs more of And this. I think with Joanna Dark being a, a character in her own right, like it would be more fun to see her. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So I would not be surprised if it's a third person. Because that would also game. explain why you got Crystal Dynamics involved. Yeah, exactly. Like I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a basically a Tomb Raider game starring Joanna Dark. I mean, I would be but very future, down for that. I would too. Me, me too. So we'll see how it goes. But I put... One percent of this game coming out this year, 
Maybe. I think it's more likely than Everwild. Do you? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Because they at least know what this is. Yeah, and with three different groups working on it, I could see where you might say that. I'd put it maybe close together. Probably a better way to put Mm. it. Um, And that's it for all the big Xbox games. Now, Xbox, I would argue, unlike PlayStation and Nintendo, does put an emphasis on smaller games. We saw it with Pentiment. Um, we saw it with As Dusk Falls last year, which I thought was great. Um, PlayStation does okay with that, I think. A little bit, I but... Mean, Stray is not your typical that's true. AAA release. I mean, that is, that is no God of War Ragnarok, but they still pushed it pretty hard. I know that was not a Sony-owned yeah, yeah. production, necessarily. But, but it kind of was. Yeah. yeah. But they, they've done... I think Sony does okay with that. Better, better than Nintendo, for sure. Yeah. Um, but... This year, Xbox has three kind of big indie games that it's going to actually publish under its own umbrella. The first up is Planet of Lana. Have you oh, checked this right. game out? This I no, I forgot about it entirely until you ran this footage. But yeah, yeah I remember. I remember seeing this. Yeah, it follows the story of a young girl on a mysterious and vibrant planet, accompanied by a little black cat, just like Luna. Mm-hmm. Uh, together, they navigate puzzles, discover strange machines and creatures, and discover secrets that span across galaxies and centuries. It's developed by Wishful, and it launches in the spring um, on Xbox and PC. Um, so kind of following in the vein of some of the smaller stuff that um, ID at Xbox. I don't think this came out of ID at Xbox, but again, Microsoft has a program just to kind of propagate these types of games, and mm. it has paid off for it in the past. It looks like it's going to be the same case in 2023. Um, and then there's another one called Replaced. This is like a cinematic platformer with retro-style 16-bit looking visuals, but they're actually... It's kind of cool. All right, this one looks really good. Yeah, this game, I think... This has, like, some crazy, like, martial arts combat and stuff. Yep. You play as an AI that has been unwillingly unwillingly transferred into a human's body. Um, But you can see the 16-bit styled art... But yeah, they actually, it looks like uh, like flashback. Yeah, they actually do a bunch of cool stuff with the aesthetic uh, that you haven't seen in a lot of other indie or 16-bit games. This one, I don't, I don't have a release date for this, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's delayed. This game is really, to me, seems really, really ambitious. More so than mm-hmm. most typical indie games, but I think the game's looking awesome and looking hot. Yeah, they. Put, I think I want to say they put out a uh, another like bit of footage of this a while ago, a few months ago, and it was like a fight, and it looked really good. Mm-hmm. And I was, it was like one of those things where I was like, what is this? Uh-huh. And then I'm like, oh, it's that thing. Like, it catches your eye. It was eye very sure. different from the, the, the trailer. You can kind of see it there. Yeah. It was very different from this trailer, which is, seems a little more... Uh, inter- but you see, yeah, you see this, this fight here is, is similar to that. This game looks dope, man. This, again, is, this looks really good. Again, it's called Replaced. Don't forget it. Go on, uh, sift it, and uh, follow it. Just go to the game page, click the little gear next to its title, and click follow. And every piece of content for this game will pop to the top of your sift every time we publish something. And then finally, the last sort of indie game that Xbox is promoting for its platforms is The Last Case of Benedict Fox. It's, oh, right. It's a Lovecraftian yeah. Metroidvania with Southern Gothic influences, kind of a cross between crime story, horror, and fantasy. But this game also looks pretty hot Yeah. as far as indies are concerned. So I like seeing that Xbox, um, despite all these studios that it's buying, still has its its one foot kind of back in the indie world, making sure that some of these more original ideas come to fruition and are well executed. Um, so there you go. That's the Xbox preview for 2023. Now, I will say this. That was a hell of a lot better than the preview we did for Xbox last year. Yeah. So slowly, this stuff, these studios, these acquisitions, these projects 
are slowly bubbling up to the surface where we can finally check them out and see them. Um, the Xbox could go so many different directions this year. It mm-hmm. could be at the end of the year, we're handing the award for best platform to Xbox like you did for last year, actually. But I could now this year if it comes through on all this stuff. Or it could be the most disappointing year ever where we're like, it's three years into this and we still aren't getting any games. It really could go either way. Mm-hmm. I um, mean, for me, hopefully, if it turns out well, you give me Starfield and I don't care about anything. Right. Like Everything else is just frosting at that point. But again, if you're someone who only owns an Xbox, it's a different story. Yeah, so. but if you only own an Xbox... You're uh, playing you a, a lot of indie third, games lot, on Game Pass. A lot of indie games and a lot of third-party <laughs> games. Yeah. You're really only missing Nintendo and Sony games. Mm-hmm. And if you really care about those, you are going to have bought them mm-hmm. and not an Xbox. Yeah. Because there was no reason to buy an Xbox until this year. And uh, if true. you want, if you specifically want exclusives, um, if you otherwise, like, why wouldn't you just have a PlayStation? I think Xbox should lower the price on Series X. I think it's about time. And I do think, I think... Before PlayStation. I think it's getting to be time for them to be talking about a, mid- a mid-generation refresh, maybe. I don't think that's going to happen. It's they, But clearly, they've built the brand to, to absorb do that. that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. As, you know, like the, the well, series it was first. whatever. I mean, the series, you know, the Xbox One X was the first kind of mid... That came before PS4 Pro, right? The One X? I can't I remember. I think it did. I got it after the PS4 Pro, but oh, I Oh, really? Think I thought Xbox was I got first, it after, but the... I didn't get the X when it came out. Mm. I got it later because I, I didn't get the X until I had a 4K TV. Someone in chat maybe can fill us in on I got the I got the PlayStation Pro when it came out because it ran things better. Mm. And I didn't use the Xbox One enough to care. Basically. I thought the One X came out before PS4 I Pro. Don't I don't remember. may have. I don't remember. Um, but you're right. Uh, Pro, they, Pro was 2016 and X was 2017. Okay, so the X did come later. There you go. Okay. Uh, but you're right. The mm. way that the nomenclature that they're using for their hardware, they've already kind of been lining up to do something like this. I just don't think... I, I just It's the law of diminishing returns. They would have to charge so much more. Because look, the jump for PS4 Pro, obvious. 1080p to 4K. Huge jump. They're just mm-hmm. not going to be able to do that with mid-cycle refreshes this time. No, but you're going to be getting better performance. Is yeah, what it is like that. You're not going to be able to be able to brag about full 4K stuff, but you're going to be able to not run. You know what? I mean, we'll see higher how, frame rates. We'll see yeah. how. Oh, just smoother. Like yeah. I think that's what the thing is. Like I, I'm curious how long it'll take before, in particular, the Series X starts having some chugging problems. Because yeah. right now you generally do get better performance from the Series X than from the PS5 on third-party things. Hmm. But we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. Um, I think a price drop is something that Xbox should seriously consider for this year for the Series X. If it could be $100 I mean, cheaper than PS5. Yeah, well, I mean, considering PlayStation 5 is having a price raise increase. In, in other countries, mm-hmm. and on top of that, you've got the PSVR 2. Like, you could very easily... If you if you cut the PS the, the Xbox Series X down by about 100 bucks. You're gonna look pretty good on the shelf next to you know Sony's. What you know is gonna look to a lot of people like overpriced hardware. Especially now that the first party stuff starting to roll in a little bit for Xbox, you can make a better case for it. So mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if we see a price drop for Series X probably around the holidays. I mean, like, goes, you, I like, guess. A, like a little price drop, and then you do a bundle with Starfield that costs the same as like the yep. previous price. You yep. know, we like, can do something. But I feel like Xbox needs to make some moves this year. We'll see if it actually does. But there you go. Yeah. That's 2023 for Xbox. Again, next week, we'll be back with third party. Get ready to buckle up for that one because there is a ton of huge third party games coming in 2023. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about something I have a feeling a whole lot of people were doing on Sunday. And that is watching the debut of The Last of Us TV show on HBO on Sunday night. 
kicked off with a big 80-minute episode. Mm-hmm. Um, reviews for it have been pretty much unanimously glowing. Now, I'll just say this right now. We cannot show B-roll of the show because mm-hmm. HBO will flag the episode and we won't be able to monetize the episode, so we can't show you actually any footage from the HBO show. Again, I've talked about this for years. I don't understand why they don't want us to promote their stuff, but for whatever reason, that's how it works. So we can't show you this. However, I do have B-roll of The Last of Us Part 1, which, let's be honest, now that I've watched this, it's it's based way more on the game than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, there is actually, in that first episode, some shot-for-shot scenes oh, yeah. ripped straight from the game. Like, the scene where... Joel wakes up on the couch and Ellie's sitting in the chair by the window mm-hmm. after they've met up and they've kind of went through the first little chunk of their adventure together, shot for shot from the actual video game. Um, and so have, having read reviews, it seemed like everybody who got to check it out early was trying to warn fans of the game, like, don't go in thinking that this is going to be like the game. So I was shocked at how much it was, in fact, like the game. Like, yeah. I felt like that first episode really was like starting the game mm-hmm. now there is <clears throat> it's expanded and there's stuff in the show that they didn't show in in the game and like is there's more there there's yeah. more meat on and the there's bone. stuff that's been condensed in places like yeah the hunt for robert is right. very abbreviated because in the game that is basically a how you use the controls tutorial and you do not need that in a tv show yeah um which is good because that is you know narratively that is kind of a wasted stretch mm-hmm. it's a gameplay important section is not important to the story. So they condensed that down, and that was very good. I also didn't realize until I read a thing yesterday, I didn't realize that Marlene is played by her voice actress. Yeah. Like, that Merle Dandridge actually aged up into the character over the course of the last 10 years, basically, which she says in the behind-the-scenes thing at the, at the end of the episode. Um, but that's pretty cool. It's always neat when the voice actor gets to gets to play the, uh, the actual character for character. real. Yeah, it doesn't happen as often as it probably should, no, to be honest. Uh, Kate, Katie Sackhoff as uh, Bo-Katan in The Mandalorian. That's one of the only examples. There's rumors that Lars Mikkelsen will play Thrawn mm. in the Ahsoka show, and he voiced him on uh, Rebels. Right. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, he's a great actor anyway, so... Oh, yeah. And he looks exactly like yeah. Admiral Thrawn. <laughs> so, um, but it's, it's, you know, it's very good. I, you can tell that Pablo... Uh, um, um, Pedro Pascal and... Um, uh, what's her name? The girl that plays Ellie. Yeah, Bonnie. I don't know what her real name is. Yeah. I do. I'll just be they, honest with you. I do not like her. Like they, they definitely not personally, but as an actress or an mm-hmm. actor, I there's something about her. I didn't like her. She was in Game of Thrones. Yeah, and I didn't like her in Game of Thrones, and I don't particularly like her in this. But I can I can hear that they've studied the the characters' voices. Yeah, like, there's a couple things where she yells where it sounds exactly like Ellie. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of there's a cadence thing that that uh, Pascal's doing that like yeah sounds exactly like Joel. He, I think he was great casting. Yeah, they really nailed Joel. Man, I think he's a, the perfect person to play that role. The other thing I like too <clears> about <throat> the show is I feel like the show is filling in blanks for me from playing the games. Like I feel like I know more now, or maybe I understand I better understand. The virus or the outbreak and how it happened and where it came from. Like, I didn't know that, like, it was in the flour, in the wheat. And so anyone who was eating, like, if you notice in the show, the old woman they're mm-hmm. feeding the bread to, that's why she was one of the first people to turn because they mm-hmm. that's what happened. It the, the virus or the fungus overtook the wheat. And so mm-hmm. eating bread, eating cake, that's how everybody got. I did not know that. 
from playing the games. Did you know that? <laughs> that was never established in the game. Yeah. So I feel like it's filling in stuff for me mm. that, that is of value from having only played the games. And this is just the first episode. I can't imagine how that's going to happen in the future. So all these people that are saying, like, if you played the games, turn off your brain. No! I feel like it's the exact opposite. I feel like my brain was turned on watching this, having played the games mm. beforehand. I mean, the opening with the, the, the talk show from the 60s, like that's a chilling scene. It is. Like it's and it's more information than you ever get about the the fungus in the games. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I think the chain, you know, they change it so it's not spores anymore. It's uh, tendrils, and so the the way the tendrils work is they come out of the, the zombies. Oh, mouths it's so and, disturbing. And when they're like over the victims, they're not like eating them; they're in, in, infecting them. They're yes. Just, and they look up, and these people just have these tend- these fungus. T- it's, it's horrifying. The like, first like, shot of the grandma when she mm-hmm. goes into the house and she's in that first shot of her mouth with the stuff cut. It yeah. literally turned my stomach. It's very effective. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> and I, I got it's an, an Im- I have an ironclad stomach for stuff like that, and it just was just mm-hmm. creepy. It's an improvement. I, yeah. I, think, I think it was a, a, a good move. Yeah. Yeah, now, I feel like they've improved on the game in a bunch of ways already. Yeah, and now we're now we're in the race to see whether season three or Last of Us three comes out first. <laughs> um, we'll see. I I think uh, I do think that uh, it seems like this first season is going to cover the first game. Um, uh, the word is that episodes three and seven are the bangers. Okay, I'm guessing three is Bill's town, mm-hmm. and seven is probably the fight, the David stuff. Yeah. Um, it's hard to tell how the pacing is going to work, though, because this, mm-hmm. the first episode was probably the first two or three hours of the game. Yeah. So they crunched three hours down into one hour. Well, as I understand the it, they, they start, especially, I think this, the next episode, I think, does deal with some stuff that is not related to Joel and Ellie. Mm. That is sort of, sort of about, involves characters that we only hear, see about, hear about through letters. Okay. Uh, in the, in the main game. So I think the one thing that is definitely noticeable is the, um, the scope of the story goes well beyond, is broader. Like, you know, the game is very, very much Joel's point of view. Mm-hmm. And the show is not. The show is more omniscient. Like, you know, the fact that you see Ellie earlier. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in the game, you don't see Ellie until Marlene, pulls her, Marlene pulls her <laughs> out and is like, you're taking this kid to the yeah. wherever. And uh, in this, like, you, you see, you know, Ellie interacting with the Fireflies and knowing meeting Marlene. And mm-hmm. kind of like, you see, you understand. You, you, these are... The two of them are built as characters separate from each other, so when you put them together, it, it's more of a, a, you know, the narrative works better from a, a non-interactive media. Same with um, Sarah at the beginning. Like, they work much harder to make Sarah someone you care about and identify with mm-hmm. because you do not have the shorthand of a vid- of the video game where you play as her. And playing as a character is one of the fastest ways to develop empathy for them. One thing I realized watching the first episode of this show is that... I personally, and I don't know if everyone is this way, but personally, I absorb way more like story information watching a show than playing a game. Well, yeah, because a, a show knows where it's pointing its camera. And it, you get distracted playing mm-hmm. games. I've already absorbed so many little yeah. tidbits about this world from that first episode of the show than I ever did playing yeah. the games well, for like 30 hours. Yeah, because non-interactive is much better at directing it's your attention. It's interesting, yeah. Well, it's directing your... This is... This show, I think, will be if you if one cared to do it, would make a for a master class, like college course in how to adapt material from one medium to another. Mm-hmm. Um, and it probably helps that you have the creator and writer of the game as a co EP. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to end up with a George George R. R. Martin situation here. Yep. Um, and uh, obviously, the other EP is the guy who made Chernobyl. You're you're dealing with talent and skill on a level that you rarely see put together here. Yep. Um, yeah, so it's very, very good. It's um, really good. Uh, way better than I kind of, you know, I'm, 
I certainly have versions in my head of how things would have turned out differently under different uh, arrangements and different uh, production people. And mm-hmm. I mean, we've already seen the Uncharted movie, so yeah. we know how the bad that can get. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm curious. I, I I'm curious. I'm looking forward to everybody's cameos. Uh, Ashley and, mm-hmm. and Troy and uh, um, I think the guy who played Tommy as a as a cameo. I think so. Um, I don't think Nolan North is in it. But he got his Uncharted cameo. Yeah, yeah, he okay. sure did. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I watched that movie on a flight. Oh. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, though. It was, no, bright, it was, it was mindless. It was like, fine. I got, I managed like, to watch it to the end. Like, it was just so weird that like one of the big quote unquote payoffs was near the end when he finally like puts, you know, like he finally puts the gun like the the holster right. on, and you're like, oh, he's he's become the he's, Nathan Drake Raider right. kind of. It's yeah. like, guys, come on. Like, <laughs> Um, do you have any criticisms of the first episode or the show in general? Um, not real. I think it's a little slow. Me, I agree. Uh, there was actually, um, I actually, I think I fast forwarded through a little bit of the show. I never do that, but like I could see where someone would. Yeah. Um, I, I'm curious why they move the time frame. Um, cause it starts in 2003, the, the outbreak happens in 2003 and the bulk of the game takes place, bulk of the show, the story takes place in 2023, whereas in the move, in the game, uh, it, the outbreak is in 2013 and takes place in 2033. Yeah, this takes place um, in present day. Yeah. 2023. And you yeah. might think that there's not a whole lot of difference there. And there is in, in terms of like kind of nitty gritty stuff, in terms of like overall stuff. But one of the key emotional beats in Last of Us is Joel teaching showing ellie that pearl jam song and that pearl jam song doesn't exist in the world of the tv right. show because that <laughs> came out in 2013 so i'm very curious what the song will be well then they played a depeche mode song right from well that's like, the thing is like i guess i guess from like joel, 1990s and 80s baby apparently <laughs> in the games joel is um joel is either my age or a year younger than me yeah and now he was born in 1967 right so that moves that a little bit. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So maybe, and and they did have the little bit where where Ellie's like, it's like ah, uh, like wants to find out what the '80s code means to him on the radio thing he has with Tommy. Yeah. Uh, that was also one of the changes that I thought was good. Is it, it gave Joel a better motivation for wanting to get out of Boston. Yeah. Because he wants to go find out if Tommy's Agreed. okay. Yeah. That all all of that kind of comes together better. In, you know, because you don't have, you don't need that. I mean, you, I don't think that's a change so much as like, oh, this would be a better way to do Joel than we did in the game. It's just that in the in a game, you have a natural inclination to want to move forward. Yeah. And in a story like this, that's not interactive. You need the character to have a reason to go out of relative safety, where he's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, he can just he can skip the line and go. You know, you, you see that Joel and and Tess are are you know important people in the kind of underground of this of Boston here. Um, it also seems to me like the um, the Fedra is way better equipped Agreed. In, in the show. I also thought the like fireflies in the show flying. were kind of corny and cheesy. A little bit. They were uh, better in the game, I thought, than they were in the show. Well, I think... That I whole think, organization seems like I think that'll. Ch- I think that'll change. Yeah. I, I think you'll see that... Um, I think it was because you don't see too many of them early on in the game, and the game kind of like makes mm-hmm. them out to be like really dangerous terrorists, right? And then like over the course of the game, you realize that they're just sort of like people trying, just trying to, to help humanity, out, yeah, um, as best they think they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the show, I think they are playing them up more as uh, the last hope, 
and you want them to be a little scrappier and, and like you know that scene with where she's telling people to follow orders is like yeah these are these are like the rebels in star wars they're just a ragtag group of people that they're not trained really they're not military they're not like disciplined they just believe in something yeah and that is going to also i think come into play further on down the road when you when we all know how the sh- how the game ends mm-hmm. um that's gonna make that it is a little harder. bit of a shame knowing where all this goes it's yeah a, but it's gonna be interesting to see how, how it's they different get there and how yeah. they get there the journey is gonna be important congrim one says i thought it was darker what did you think of the body burning i agree yeah I, also like the first time like joel beats that guy mm-hmm. watching that in a show versus watching something like that in a video game huge difference mm-hmm. i was like oh my god he's losing his shit like stop yeah. beating that guy's face but in the game you're just like ah whatever there are definitely changes it's interesting to yeah. have the, well, also the dichotomy like, well also the when that happens and you see ellie's reaction and she likes it right she's in the show she, she likes thinks it. it's kind of yeah. cool that uh-huh. he defended her like that right and like especially contrasted with sarah who did not right sarah freaked because mm-hmm. i mean sarah grew up in a very different world yeah uh, obviously but like that's the begin. That's the first turn. You know, they don't yeah, like so. each other when they meet each other yeah. in the show. And uh, yeah, he throws her against the wall or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get in that little scuffle. But I love it. I can't wait for the next week's episode. I'll say this: like none of my friends who aren't big gamers are talking about it. I'm a lot. Of, some people that aren't gamers that watched it and and liked it. But like part of the, th- I did notice that some people were like, "Oh, I've seen so many dark, grim things recently. That it's hard. It's hard yeah. to watch." Um, but like a couple people, a couple people I know who aren't gamers are watching it just so like they're like like one of my friends is like, I'm, "I watched it so I would know what you people were talking about for the next <laughs> nine weeks." You know, that's funny. Um, because they are in nerd circles one way or the other. Yeah, Kevin Roffin says it would have been fun to see the show without having played the game. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think it works either way. And, yeah, and so far, I mean, we'll see how it goes. But the marketing on. has not caught my friends. So, like, I asked no, them my, on our text thread, my Philly text thread, with all my old college friends. I'm like, hey, you guys watch well, The Last of Us, and they were like, what's that? And I was like, yeah, okay. Well, it isn't a very catchy title. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say, when I was up north for for Christmas, my mom was asking about like, isn't that show this show coming up that's about Chernobyl mm. and <laughs> or like like something like that, like uh-huh. Ukraine or Chernobyl? And and we're like, there was one. What are you talking? They're like, oh, it was like. Yeah, like people running around and everyone's all dirty and it's it's like in, in, like, the, in like the bad zone. And I'm, we're trying to figure out what she's talking about. And I'm like, I'm like, where there is nothing. No, she's like, no, it wasn't like zombies or anything. It was just like it was like a it was like a post apocalyptic thing, like after like an accident or something. And finally, uh, we've I, like my sister just starts going through the list of things that could be. This is coming up. The last of us. She's like, the last of us. That's what it was called. And I'm like, we're like, mom, there's fungus zombies. <laughs> And, and my, and, my sister, and like I looked at and, I, and my sister was like was like what are you talking about and I'm like well to be fair there's only like one shot of a fungus zombie and mom right. looks down at her at her knitting a lot right. you know you yeah. know yeah and then I finally was like oh and it's the Chernobyl guy so like they totally would have said in the preview like from the people who brought you Chernobyl they did and say that's that. where she got they did the say Chernobyl that actually thing from. they did in the promo so she yeah. did watch it yeah yeah so she, and she, she I don't know what she thought yet my mom would never watch this <laughs> oh my mom <laughs> I gave my mom the full set of preacher comic books one year for Christmas, and she loved. She wow. loves this. I mean, she she's the most violent, weird shit. That's where I got it from. Uh, Mikey says I bounced off the first game three times, but I'm going to try and get through the show so I would be experiencing the story for the first time. Okay, it's yeah. probably the best way to experience the story. I hate to admit it, but it probably it's is. It's going to be a real interesting first part of the year for video game adaptation. Yeah. Between this and the Mario movie, yeah, like you're kind of you're hit, gonna hit a point where it's like you have no excuse for making this mediocre shit anymore. I don't think they're going to keep making mediocre shit anymore. I don't think he can. 
I think, yeah, I don't think even the, I think I, gaming TV shows and movies are going to be like I think even a the next thing. Mortal Kombat's going to have to step it up. Yeah, well, the last yeah. one wasn't terrible though. It wasn't terrible, but it also was. It was again like Last of Us and Mario. I think are going to be sort of an MCU moment where like most other video game movies are not based on the video game stories. They are screenplays inspired by the video game. Set in the universe. Yeah. yeah. Like you didn't like Uncharted isn't about the story of Uncharted. It's about some weird origin action movie that sort right. of takes place with the same characters in a way. Yep. Um, and then like puts Sully in his mustache in the final shot and thinks that's just doing you a favor. Right. You know? Yeah. Like if you want to do me a favor, you would not have cast Mark Wahlberg as him. <laughs> Um, yeah. but that like, was an odd casting. Having watched the but movie, I'm, t- I'm thinking yeah. about stuff like Resident Evil yeah. and things. Yeah. Where it's like we use elements of the of the games, but we just sort of like jettison the game's narrative. I think these two games are going to sh- these two movie things are going to show. Like first off, you've got Last of Us, which some people are like, oh, you're kind of cheating because you know Last of Us is already a pretty cinematic game. So you're mm-hmm. like point but then you're about to be followed up by what i think will be a monster hit in the form of the mario brothers movie and the mario brothers games have no fucking story whatsoever yeah so you had to i mean there's lore and there's but you had to make something up out of whole cloth that looks very i mean that last trailer you're getting donkey kong you're getting mario kart you're getting luigi's mansion you're getting tons they mentioned the super mario galaxy stuff there's galaxies out there Mm -hmm. like they're incorporating all this stuff and you're like the penguins are in it you know it's you're out of excuses for not considering the game material source material source material yeah and it's like what the mcu did where it's like yeah like these comics have been around for decades there's we don't need to change this because they're already successful we Mm -hmm. just need to make them into movies that are worth watching and i think you are going to finally have that renaissance with games to some degree not every game is going to be able to make the jump like i'm not tetris right like well (laughs) gran turismo (laughs) they have the gran turismo movies coming on i know i know um, I, I the, and there's been a, they've threatened to make a Tetris movie for years now. Yeah, I just think that would be fun as a disaster movie. Just blocks falling from the sky, <laughs> from the sky, yeah. <laughs> just smashing yeah. people. That would be great. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's the last. And of, of course, at the end, HBO. it turns out it's the Russians. Yeah, <laughs> we may come back and discuss this again when they finish up the season. Um, yeah. But for now, like if you don't have HBO Max, I guess that's what it's called now. Get it. Like it's. I think it's worth it for a month. Well, actually. It's what nine episodes, season one. It'll be nine episodes. Yeah, yeah, so you have to get it for two or th- that extra episode means an extra month. <laughs> it's funny how that works, uh, but it's probably worth it. And if you know, you can catch up on all the other HBO shows while you have it for a couple months or whatever. But just really high quality. The acting's great. The respect for the source material is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I do expect it to to stray more and get because eventually, like, for instance, like you know, like. You know, you're going to do the first season. Seems like it's going to be the, the the first game. You do the second season as the second game. Um, first off, structurally adapting the second game to a non-interactive medium is going to be very hard. Yeah. Like, like that is going to be very interesting to see what they do there. Right. Um, second, if you run, if you, you if we're going to find burn, out what canon is. I guess if you burn through two games where the story, like, then you're like, okay, what about? Are you going to put the story of the end of this trilogy in the show before you put it in the game? Because that. That game is not until tw- 2025, I would maybe. think. Um, so then what I'm thinking is maybe, maybe... They won't have that season ready for the show by then, though. Be close, though. What yeah. I think maybe you do is maybe you do some time on the show between uh, the deals of the five years between the first the two games. Mm. The, oh, yeah. The building of this right, the settlement right, right, and stuff. Right. Yep, that's true. We can fill in the blanks. So anyway, there you go. That's The Last of Us on mm. HBO. Highly recommended from the both of us. 
that could also be a time where you could flash to the Firefly stuff and start building empathy for Abby there. Oh, right. And, and Make slowly, it even more... reveal, slowly reveal what she's planning to right. do. And then you get more of, you know, you don't have the shock of Last of Us 2, but it's you the... do have, you have the, the inevitable tragedy trains heading for each other. It says the lower third says for the next topic, the long burn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, especially for people who played the games knowing the inevitable what's to come. Yeah, that's all. That's another form of, te- that, that goes in with like when I would ask like younger kids, like my friend's kids who grew up watching the prequels, mm-hmm. where I'm like, you know, when I, I tell them like, when I was a kid in Empire Strikes Back, where he tells Luke that he's his father, that was a huge surprise. Oh, yeah. Nobody, you know, everyone's like, oh, my God. It's like the first like real we, spoiler. Oh, yeah. We spent like the first, <laughs> we spent the three years between Empire and Jedi wondering if he was lying to him or is he telling right. him, how would that happen? Like, yeah. And I said, Does, because they'd seen the prequels first, like they already knew oh, that. And I was like, did that. everything. I'm like, did that ruin that for you? Did you, did you think it was stupid that that was a big moment in Empire? And I remember my friend's son said, no, I was really afraid that Anakin was going to kill his kid. Oh. That kill his, his 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 son right and like and interesting like, and I, I spent the whole it time changes I, the whole he's like I spent the whole time wondering why he wouldn't tell him or why he wouldn't talk to him <laughs> interesting and then when he finally did it was like a big release and then you're like oh my god now Luke knows the truth but it's horrible to him because he doesn't like right but it was a whole different kind of it tension does. Yeah, it and it was a good reminder to me that dramatic tension come from a bunch of different places and you can't let yourself get locked in to what creates it for a specific situation yep and I think Neil Druckmann is smart enough to know that too speaking of Neil Druckmann Our next topic is about Neil Druckmann, closed very nicely from the last discussion on The Last of Us. And that is... Neil Druckmann, does he need the extra N at the end of the... I don't think so. Um, Anyway, Neil this week uh, basically shared, I believe, his truth about Naughty Dog and why Naughty Dog makes great games, but also Naughty Dog has a pretty terrible reputation for crunching its employees and for really rough development schedules in a lot of cases. And what he said is that he believes that they have made the mistake of announcing their games way too early. Mm-hmm. Um, he mentioned both... The Last of Us 2, for sure. The Last of Us 2 and Uncharted 4. Both games were announced probably way too early. And then when they ended up having to delay the games, fans got really angry, which put pressure on the studio, which means that then instead of the studio saying, okay, well, realistically, we can get this done by this date, they were trying to find dates that were not realistic and were way earlier than they should have been. And then in the case of The Last of Us Part Two, they had to delay it again, Um, which brings up the topic. How early is too early to reveal a game? And look, there are some publishers that are all, or developers even, that are all over the map. So look at Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Fallout 4. Announce it at E3. It comes out three months later. But Elder Scrolls 6. Mm-hmm. It announces Elder Scrolls 6. And here we are years and years later. We're not even sniffing the Elder Scrolls 6 yet. I maintain that, that I maintain the Elder Scrolls and Starfield announcement was forced hand I, th- I think they realized that 76 was going to be such a disaster. They needed to give everybody something to look forward to. Mm. And that would also explain why the Bethesda people were not super happy at at some of the, the gatherings at E3 that year when you'd be like, oh, congrats on the announcement. They're like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. They knew it was coming. Yep. They knew it was going to be forever before these things were done. And we should also, we should credit the publication where this information is coming from. Th- this information came from an interview with Comic Book. I didn't know that was a publication. Sure. Um, where Neil Druckmann did an interview um, with this publication I've never actually heard of. Um, and we can go down. There's a long list of games that were announced way too early. 
Um, Zelda. Prob- well, I th- well, I think the poster child for it is Duke Nukem Forever. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, that game was in development for, what, 11 years? It's not the king anymore, though. Yeah. Beyond Good and Evil 2. Is Did it eclipse it now? Beyond Good and Evil 2 was shown for the first time, I think, in 2006. 2006 or 2008. That sounds about right. Yeah. Like, you're, cre- you're creeping up on 15 years with that thing now. Yeah. Yeah, and this was a lot. I realize that that's what, what they're working on right now, and they had once again announced that they are working on it, like, yesterday. Yeah. But, like, I'm sure whatever that is is not, you know, that, they, that game must have gone through four iterations by now, at least. But, like, that game has been in, you know, on their little schedule thing somewhere since 2008. It's That's longer than Duke Nukem Forever. What do you think is the ideal amount of time? A year or less. A year or less. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I think it's even less. I think it's less than a year. I think it's fine to give like a little bit like, hey, this is coming. Like even if you want to show a logo or a teaser, a CG teaser trailer or something, boom, there it is. And then like six months later, be like, here's a full gameplay trailer. This is coming out in like three to six months from now. And then you release it and good. that's a good cycle. I think that's a solid cycle year because the first six months of that are just for the hardcore mm-hmm. audience to build hype and be excited about it. You can absolutely do the Fallout 4 thing if you want, um, especially if you have an established name like Fallout. Like one of the reasons Fallout 4 worked in that regard was because everybody knew Fallout already. And all you had to do was saying, here's another Fallout. And here you go. Like, oh, great. Done. Like maybe you want a little more run up for something that's a little more new or more esoteric. But, like, in general, I think I don't see a situation in which having more than a year is beneficial in any tangible way. I think it might help. So, let's say you're you're starting a new generation, the PS5, the Xbox Series X, and you want to know, roughly, what games you can expect to be playing on that mm-hmm. platform across its five-year or six-year, whatever life cycle that you're going to have it. I think the information then can be helpful but it can also come back to bite you in the end. Because if you're promising, hey, this game is going to come out soon for this platform, and three years later you're sitting there and you're still waiting for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, which we're, let's be honest, we're kind of getting there with some of the Xbox Series stuff. Yeah, well, that's always been the case. I mean, there's stuff that, there's stuff that were screenshots of in the original Genesis ads that never came out on the Genesis. The back of the yeah. GameCube box had that uh, Donkey Kong racing game on it. Oh, yeah. And it never came out. That's right. It literally never released. And mm-hmm. it was on the back of the GameCube box. And it never I mean, released. That's game development. It is. I mean, that's know. how it works sometimes. Um, I mean, that is that does seem to be one of the big exceptions to the rule there, even if with companies that do have some kind of time limit rule on that, is like when you're trying to sell that new hardware, you want people to think there's a whole deluge of cool shit coming. Yeah. And, and how do you, what is, that's again, like how do you walk that line? Kingdom Hearts 3, another game that was announced way too early. Because there's this other there's this other element of it of okay we know it's coming like we mm-hmm. we knew they were gonna make a Kingdom Hearts three so is it does it really hurt you all that much when they announce it and they tell you it's there and then you wait ten years for the game in some cases clearly not I mean Kingdom Hearts was bulletproof pretty much yeah and they did make other game like part of the problem with Kingdom Hearts was that Kingdom Hearts two teases the next game right at the end of its it was, a, it was a horrible like cliffhanger yeah. yeah but it turns out of course that they kind of continue that with the other games that no big you know the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the little offshoots the little, that they little did. handheld things yeah and now we're waiting for Kingdom Hearts four um, 
but obviously it didn't hurt the sales of Kingdom Hearts 3 in the end, even though the people that start, you know, if you, I think if you started playing those games when you were 12, when the first one came out, I think you were 30 by the time Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. It's, uh, you know, and it became kind of part of the brand a little bit. Like, part of the Kingdom Hearts brand now is they take forever and yeah. we wait forever and people died before they got to play the, the <laughs> third one. You know, it's it's a running and game. And then you, you played know? the third one and you're like, I hope that Godson wasn't laying on their deathbed being like, I can't die, I need to play Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> and then you're like, that Toy Story <laughs> section killed him, finally. That was the end. Uh, Erebus Jones says, if a small vocal subset of gamers were less whiny bitches, wouldn't all of this be moot? True. I don't know Some about agree. that. Like, I'm I'm not a whiny bitch, but I still get pissed off if a game has been announced and it's five or six years later and I haven't played it yet. I mean, I don't, but it just, it starts to become absurd after a while. I just don't think about it. I don't. I got other stuff to play and other stuff to do, and if it takes that long, it takes that long. Like whatever. Like you know, I. It's not like I'm not going to play it when it finally shows up. Beyond Good and Evil Two. Like whatever. Like. Well, I would also argue too that as time goes on, I start to lose faith in the project. Mm. like this game for example the last guardian like by the time this game came out my expectations for it had been changed like six different times i was still excited for it mm-hmm. but not as excited as i would have been if it had come out in three years after it had been announced yeah that, that just doesn't really impact me but my expectations for this game were that it was the follow-up to my favorite game of all time right and it fell a little short yeah um and whether it came out you know, in two years or ten years, it was going to fall a little short because yeah. I just don't think I don't think the concept of this game was quite. It wasn't strong enough level. to carry a game. No, I that's what it ultimately came yeah. down to. I mean, the the, the you know, uh, Trico is cute enough to carry a game, mm-hmm. and he almost does. But yeah. I I ended up not. I didn't finish this one. I did because uh, I thought the performance was just too bad. I was too choppy and too weird, and I hated the camera, and that was the end of it. Yeah, Actually, there were some issues. I thought about going back and trying it again, but I heard that it doesn't even really run that much better now. Mm-hmm. So, nice try. Yeah, but, I uh, mean, I'm surprised they released a game. Honestly, my issues, my <laughs> issues with this game have almost nothing to do with how long it took to make it. My expectations for it were way too high when I first saw the game, and then slowly over the the eight or ten year development period like it just dwindled to the point where my expectations were almost at zero by the time it came out mm-hmm. and still i would argue that i was not pleasantly surprised by the game when it came out and at least this game wasn't asking for more money yep during the i mean look that the, the stuff that i that bothers me is stuff like star citizen where they keep asking you for money it's been 11 years <laughs> and they're still asking for more money Cinetike also brings up another good point. Some of these early announcements feel like they're done to appease investors rather than be realistic in the development process. That's yeah, absolutely that. true. I, I mean, that's I, think, becoming, I think that was part of the Starfield uh, Elder Scrolls Six announcement. Yeah, I think it becomes less important as the industry consolidates and a lot of these studios are bought or whatever, uh, consumed or absorbed by these big conglomerates. But... For the most part, yeah. Like, if you're a Bethesda or if you're, you know, or if you are publicly held company, um, it mattered. Like, what your lineup, Ubisoft, it matters what Ubisoft says and does. If it doesn't have, like, a good quarter coming up, its stock goes down. Like, so there is an impact on that stuff, and it does, I believe, I agree with them. I think it does affect whether they announce this stuff early or not. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk about Ubisoft in a second. It's a disaster right now, but... Mm-hmm. But to some of these smaller publishers that are publicly held, getting people hyped about your stuff that's coming out two years from now, three years from now, makes a difference in your stock price. So that's part of it. Bethesda obviously was always private, so you never could own Bethesda stock, so uh-huh. to speak. Um, 
But a lot of these publishers, they are publicly held, and it affects it. Like, whether, you know, it hurt Take-Two stock when we found out that GTA 6 was still five years away or whatever, when those leaks happened, like, its stock went down. So there is some truth to that. There is an element of that, that these companies are, like, trying to make sure that, you know, their stock doesn't totally hit rock bottom and, you know, lose pretty much all the value of their company just based on a couple missed release dates or you know whatever so there's a lot of elements that go into when you release or when you announce a game and knowing when the game may or may not come out for companies like nintendo i don't think it's all that important but for the smaller third-party publishers i think that it is pretty important cyberpunk 2077 this game was announced and didn't come out for what eight years nine years after that initial teaser trailer was put Uh, out when did it come out 2020 yeah eight years yeah yeah that's a long time. That was, that was first shown or first announced they were doing it in 2012. Now, this is a case where I feel like the hype for this just grew and grew over time because yeah. of The Witcher. Yeah. Because people were like, oh my God, The Witcher 3 is one of the best RPGs ever made. So here's so, their next so one. So why wouldn't we expect So why wouldn't this one be at least as good, if not better, in this new different setting? Yeah. So it can burn both ways. <laughs> like, it's really interesting like to think about the perceptions and you know as you've said a lot of times like we assume often that everybody knows what we do and everybody follows the news like we do most people don't Mm -hmm. most people hadn't heard of cyberpunk 2077 until that e3 demo that everybody lost their minds over that's when most people heard about it for the first time or most people heard about the first time when those giant ugly yellow buses started driving around that or when they saw a tv commercial commercial yeah that's it. So I feel like don't we, make me tell the Force Awakens story again. Yeah, right? exactly. When we found out they were making a new Star Wars movie uh, at Thanksgiving before it yeah. came out, while she'd been in a room with us for four months, yeah. every Sunday we talked about the Force <laughs> Awakens and just you just tuned us out. Yeah. Which great. I know you probably need to do that when you're around me sometimes, but yeah. like it's uh, it, yeah. Most people find out about these things like a, like a few weeks ahead of time. At, at Halloween this past year. I was, we were talking about movies at a Halloween party I was at, and I mentioned the new Black Panther movie, and some woman was like, are they making a new Black Panther? I'm like, it comes out in 10 days, and she's like, oh my god, it, was, it like made her year, like she had no idea. Yeah. And, I mean, look, a lot of people have kids and yeah, like careers, got lives. Like, they don't they, have time it, to yeah. follow this stuff, so that's why you gotta subscribe to Sifted. <laughs> Just, we'll break it down for you. You listen to three hours a week, you know everything. Or just going invite on. me to your Halloween party. Right, right. I'll, I'll tell <laughs> you all the all the movie news. Yep. So I think what the conclusion we've come to here, Matt, is that there's no right time really to announce a game, is there? Not really. It really is like based upon your situation, what's going on at your company, what who you're trying to target. I mean, I certainly like I like it when I find out a game exists exists, and then I get to play it in less than a year. Like, that's my favorite. Part. Ideally, I think that's what we but would But also, want. I don't care that much. You know, there's like, always something else like, coming. Like, did it that... bother me that much that Cyberpunk took that long? Not really. Like, yeah. am I upset that Cyberpunk was the way it was, that I didn't really like it because it took eight years? No, I'm upset because it's not very it good. It is like, what I, it is, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah that could have come out the same... If it came out two years after the announcement and it was like that, I still would have still would have felt the same yeah. way. Yeah, that's it doesn't point. really bother me. Yep. Um, but, yeah, you yeah. You know, perspective, I understand it, though. Oh, yeah. Well, especially because you know, you know, when you're trying to make something like that and you're getting more and more pressure on things. and I mean, But then they go and they announce the multiplayer Last of Us game. Yeah. And, and I mean, like... I think, I mean, he does have a point, especially in terms of what happened there where, you you know, they put that, that teaser up where she plays the guitar 
And, I mean, and we played that on Game Face like a million yeah. times. Well, and you, I mean, when that first came up, you thought you were like, oh, you mean like you think next year? I'm like, I think that game's like four or five years out. Yeah. And you, were, you thought I was nuts, but it was like there's no evidence that they even started yeah. yet, really. Mm-hmm. And it, sure enough, it was four years later. And yeah. that is a long time, you know. Part it's a long time of, for a long time promotion. To keep the promotion going. But it's also, I mean, part of that, I think, is like, if you just throw up a logo, not so much. But that tra- that teaser really looked far along you know mm-hmm. and i know it's it's a totally different beast it's a it's a cg trailer it's a you know with mocap and stuff but it, you know, it's a separate thing it has nothing to do with how finished the game is yeah. at all but it gives you the impression that yeah. things are further along than they are and you're gonna get reactions that way and i think they did yeah uh, obviously it didn't damage anything you know people, people still bought the game it was still a huge hit maybe the studio should just listen less to fans i hate to say it because fans don't want to hear that i think it's certainly in this day and age listening to fans is one of the dumbest things you can do you i'd agree with that so <laughs> sorry folks it always has been but these days even more so because the loudest fans are the dumbest ones so it tends to be that way yeah. i'm in a bunch of star wars groups on facebook trust me you don't want any of these people being heard <laughs> Yep. And to their credit, the people running Star Wars know better than to listen to these people. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so anyway, there you go. Trying to figure out when the best time is to announce a game. Next up, as I teased a minute ago, we're going to talk about Ubisoft brief- briefly. Ubisoft, Matt, is in a free fall right now. Um, it really has, like, no games to release for people to buy. Nope. Skull and Bones, a game that we thought was canceled. Ubisoft. It's release calendar is terrible. Suddenly it comes back out of nowhere. And now here we are again, Matt. Going down the same trail with Skull. It's delayed again. Speaking of um, like Perfect Dark, was like you should know what this game is. Yeah. Like all you needed to do was take the assassination stuff out of Black Flag. And here you go. Here you go. Here you go. So this game is now delayed until either the end of this year or early 2024. Um... Ubisoft is doing so horribly financially. Both its big games for last holiday tanked, which I was surprised to hear, actually, is that Mario Plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope completely bombed. I went back and looked at the sales for the first one. Seven and a half million sold. Best-selling third-party game on Switch. It probably still holds the record. And this game tanked. Why do you think? I mean, I didn't see any promotion for it, really. I saw commercials for it. I didn't see much. I did. Uh, and nobody really talked about it. Yeah, just... Like, it just didn't penetrate. Came and went, and, like, it just... It, there was no lexicon around it. Like, it we weird, talked about it, and we really liked it. Yeah, I don't... I'm... Because there was other stuff to It's just weird to have do? the first game do so well on a much smaller installed base. Smaller installed base, but also a smaller library. Yeah. Like, so there wasn't much choice. else... To, there wasn't much else to play at yeah, the time. Yeah, there wasn't... You're right. It, it, there wasn't as much choice back then. You had to choose between a handful of third-party games. But mm-hmm. still, that's a huge decline from the first game. And that hurt Ubisoft. Just Dance 2023 underperformed. How is that... How would they even expect just, that to still yeah, perform that, at this point? Well, usually that game's pretty bulletproof. Uh, and it just... I, you know, the, the ran its course... The crappy part. I was, about I this. was even thinking about re- a couple of days ago with somebody about like how like how relatively recently it was that like we would all get together and play plastic instruments together, mm-hmm. and how that just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Like it, like I don't know if I've ever seen like a fad craze thing like 
burn out so thoroughly and so fast as the guitar hero rock band the music thing. and rhythm like it just rock band went away it really did like overnight people were just like i don't feel cool doing this anymore yeah. <laughs> it seemed like and that it, was like what happened and it was like it was it was so fast it was like it was almost like because I, I remember like the difference between like an early like a late preview we did and the review we did of DJ Hero, mm-hmm. where I'm like between the preview and the review, it felt like it all came apart. That was the nail in the that was the final yeah. nail in the coffin. DJ Hero. Mm-hmm. Yep, I still have like a brand new one, boxed, unopened, and nobody cares. It's I, worth like four dollars. Yeah, I don't think I have that anymore. <laughs> I still have like the whole set. You're right though. That's when it died. And Just Dance to your to their credit, you're right. They did make it relevant way mm-hmm. after the other music and rhythm stuff died. But now it appears that even that franchise is dead. The worst part about this, Matt, is this horrible performance financially has convinced Ubisoft to cancel three unannounced games. All of which we don't know. It may be this in, one. In addition to the four they canceled from right. last year. One of them may be this one, the reboot of Splinter Cell, which yeah. hasn't technically really been announced yet. Yeah, that's true. So th- it that's, could... That's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. But who knows what the other games were. Yeah, who knows? Could have been could have been anything. They're, but they're, it's somehow not Beyond... I was so sure Beyond Good and Evil 2 would be in that round of cancellation, and for some reason it is not. Because they've worked too much on it. I guess so. There's, I mean, look, they're still going to... There's got to be a sunk cost They're going to keep working on Skull and Bones. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to keep working on that, they're definitely going to keep working on Beyond Good and Evil 2. Their goal is to cut $200 million in spending. By cutting these three projects. Oh, if only you just made Wildlands again. Yeah. It, like if it ain't right, bro- though. The one time Ubisoft needed to just follow their if, ain't, if it ain't broke, <laughs> don't fix it philosophy, and they didn't, and we ended up with Breakpoint. Yeah. Um, Erebus Jones says, Mario Rabbids was, was pretty much the only Switch game that ever got super heavy discounts. I'm not buying two for 50 euro. If there's a chance it'll be 20 euro a year later. I can understand mm. that perspective. Yeah. I don't know how many other people knew that much information to keep them from buying it. I don't think the casuals know that that's what happened. Yeah, but, but he is right that the uh, the first one did drop in price surprisingly. And it it felt like a deal because it had Mario characters in it. And you're like, oh, Nintendo games are never cheap. But it was not a Nintendo game. It's a Ubisoft game. You know? Yeah. So it's, yeah. No, that's an interesting point. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how many people are aware of that. But yeah, that could have been a factor. I don't think it was enough of a factor to tank it the way it did. But So we had, we were covering rumors about Ubisoft being purchased or sold or whatever, that pretty much all went away because Tencent now owns almost half of all the Guillemot holdings, which basically owns the largest stake in Ubisoft. So it's not going to be sold. It's not going anywhere. Um, And also Tencent is going to help Ubisoft with mobile because Ubisoft pretty much crapped the bed on mobile. It's just like with, you know, games as a service. It's, It's really struggled to get its head around that stuff. Um, and I guess my next question is, is what about the Prince of Persia remake? Oh, that's long gone. You think that's killed dead? I thought it was already dead. I don't think so. I think they said it was delayed. Mm, I want to I want to say that they said that was dead at that last time they when they canceled more stuff like last June or whatever. Hmm. I thought I, they just said it was delayed. In my in my head, that is dead. Yeah. In my head, I feel like I knew that was dead. What do you think is going to happen with this game? Beyond Good and Evil 2. You think it's safe to say at this point it's going to come out? I mean, maybe if they if they're still if they're still announcing that they're working on it even after all this and then they announced they made a point this week of of saying this is still being worked on and we are going to bring it to you probably yeah i mean i guess i hope so i mean i don't know what this thing's going to turn out to be who knows but like you know if they can like you, i guess like you said if you can get skull and bones out after all this you might as well get this out <laughs> yeah 
What's going to happen to UB, Matt? I don't it's know. hard to see. It's hard to watch this. There happening. was a time when I would have said that they'd just be probably bought by somebody. But if the ten cents keeping them afloat, I don't know. Maybe they end up getting relegated to a mobile company. I can't think of a publisher in my career that has fallen this far. It's it's astounding. Like they were bullet. They seem bulletproof. For they were like the, the they had their formula. They were People the eight hundred pound up Their games a year after year. We have you know Assassin's Creed coming this year finally again. That should help if it Some, gets done in time. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It keeps Ubisoft has become one of the most yeah, notorious we'll studios for more about the that Assassin's Creed, whether well, the, the the infinite infinite the portal thing. No, that's right. Yeah, like yeah. Who knows? Is that going to happen? I don't know. They were very vague about it in that presentation. Yeah, they were absolutely. Um, it's and you got the the jade thing and the mm-hmm. the 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 the, the little spin offs of Assassin's Creed. The, yeah, the, yep. The like witchcraft one and right. like those three kind of smaller offshoots of Assassin's Creed that they're doing. It Ubisoft is just a mess. As the lower third says, you be illin. It is illin right now. Um, and I don't know what the answer is. That's the thing about being a video game publisher. There's not a quick fix. Now you could maybe have a game like Among Us or something that just becomes this sensation mm-hmm. that could maybe immediately change your fortunes. But I have zero faith that Ubisoft is going to launch something like that or come up with something like that. It's just not what it's good at. So it's good that Tencent is there because I don't want all these properties and these franchises to go away. And, you know, really, ironically, Ubisoft would be ripe for the purchase now if PlayStation would be interested or whatever. But Tencent stepped in and basically put the kibosh on all that stuff. So... I feel like we're just going to have to get used to this new Ubisoft that just kind of limps so long and mm-hmm. just puts out one or two big games a year, maybe, and that's it. I mean, I'm glad I'm not a stockholder. <laughs> I'll put it to you that way, because I don't see the company recovering back to its old status anytime soon. No, so they, they have to claw their way back up, and they, they're going to need another couple of. They're going to need another like Assassin's Creed level miracle. Yep. Which is not going to be Assassin's Creed. Which has been for them once every twenty years. Yeah. So. Chances of that happening are slim to none. Yeah, see, so see in 2017, basically. Yeah, I mean, there's once upon a time where a lot of people, people like Sifters, would say that Ubisoft was their favorite publisher. Mm-hmm. And I would really, I think it'd be hard to find somebody who would say that now, in 2023. Because yeah. what do you even base it on? They were definitely like one of the most reliable. Yeah, it was like I always knew I was going to get an Assassin's Creed game, and, and it was, was going to be, be good. It's going to be a Far Cry game. Yeah. It was going to be something to do. You know, even if the formula was a little stale, like like you know, they were dependable. Well, the last Far Cry tank too. Yep. So a lot of Ubisoft's cash cows have Just jumped be, the fence yeah, like, and left the pasture. It took, it took years, but like you know, for it took a long time. You know, because I mean, I'm sure people people were. For saying like the Far Cry formula was old around four, and the Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed formula was old like long before that, and it, but it took a long time for the mainstream audience to sort of catch up in how tired they were of it. But it yeah. happened. It did. So Ubisoft, oh how the mighty have fallen, and Meanwhile, I don't see it getting better anytime a, soon. Still playing a stupid Viking game. Like a, yeah, it's it's funny. It's like it's it's a they were caught between two different things. They're caught between constantly putting out the same thing over and over again, and con- and now like you didn't put enough out to replace the new the old Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And then Watch Dogs Legion was just a misfire. Yeah. Um, a good idea. Like an, a valid attempt. But like and a quality game. Yeah. Didn't, but didn't turn out too well. It just does, didn't resonate with the mass audience. It just no. didn't. So for whatever reason, 
So anyway, there you go. That's Ubisoft in danger. I think we just need to reset expectations for the publisher at this point. You just really can't look at Ubisoft as one of the big boys anymore. So no. um, it's a shame, but we have to nobody's, do some restructuring nobody's and some, make some changes. You know, you're right. No one's invincible. Yeah. Oh, uh, really Ubisoft, in this industry. Ubisoft used to, used to be held up as the, the unbeatable giant who was going to ruin the industry with all their microtransactions. Right, all their, right. Like, there was no way to fight this monolith. <laughs> or da, 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 you know, that was Sterling's whole thing yeah. for years. And now it's and like, now, now look. look how sad. It, <laughs> it really it's like, is. It's crazy. Yep. Um, okay. We did have another topic, but we're going to have to cut it off there because we already run over a little bit over time for Game Face uh, 326. Uh, so we're going to go straight to Name That Game. Name that game. All right. So as I said last week, everybody is back in the pool, except for the person who won last week. So if you won last year and you were excluded from Name That Game, you can jump in and play. For those of you who have never played Name That Game before... I show you a series of screenshots. You just try to guess what the game is. It's pretty simple. Um, a couple rules, well, not really rules, but a couple things to note. The chat gets put on slow mode, which means you can only you can only guess once every 60 seconds. So don't think that you can just start spamming the chat with a bunch of game titles and hoping that you guess it right. Make sure that you make your guesses count. The objective is to beat Matt. If you guess the game before Matt, you win a free video game. And I think that's pretty much it. It's very simple. Five screenshots. They become more obvious as they go. They're kind of well. Last week, you guys guessed it on the first screenshot, which mm -hmm. is pretty impressive. Uh, but we'll see how you guys the fare. The first of us. Yeah, the first of us. That's right. We'll see how you guys fare this week. So, with that, here is the first image. <laughs> Quest sixty four. No, <laughs> that's a good one. Evil only five. If any of you guess it from this one, I will be really impressed. Whatever it is, it has a lot of chromatic aberration. Yep. Death Stranding, no. Days Gone, no. 50 Cent, no. <laughs> a lot of people guessing Death Stranding, no. Um, Ghost of Tsushima, no. Metal Gear Solid 5, no. Metal Gear Solid 3, no. Skyrim, no. Far Cry 1, no. Dark Souls 2, no. Uncharted, no. Elder Scrolls 4, no. A lot of Death Stranding. Um, Crisis 3, no. A lot of Ghost of Tsushima, too. Last Remnant, no. Days, no. Metal Gear Rising, no. Assassin's Creed, no. That's a lot of guesses, folks. MGS3, no. <laughs> Mavis Beacon teaches typing. As it turns out, Mavis Beacon is not really a person. No, did she's, she's not real. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 3, no. PUBG, no. Fallout 3, no. Battlefield Vietnam, no. Control, no. Okay, we're going on to the second image. Because those were all just guesses. Yeah. And here we go. Uh, more roads. Good. <laughs> you guys got it on the first one last week. I was going to make sure that didn't happen this time. <laughs> Rise of the Robots, no. Elden Ring, no. See, everyone used their guesses already. Just yeah. Cause, no. Far Cry 2, no. Demon Souls Remake, no. Twilight Princess, no. Wolfenstein 2009, no. Ark Survival Evolved, no. But that's a good guess since we talked about it earlier. Modern Warfare, no. Tron 2.0, no. Where in Tron 2.0 would this be? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Resident Evil 5, no. Haze, mm. no. MGS4, no. Order 1886, no. Splinter Cell Double That's Agent, no. This does feel like last gen. Peace Walker, no. People already guessed MGS5, Sleeping Turtle. 
Crisis 2, no. Singularity, no. Man, so many guesses, and you guys haven't gotten right. Singularity is a good one. Breath of the Wild, no. Uh, yeah, famous Breath of the Wild with tire tracks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here comes image number three. We're going to make it at least to the third image this time. And here we go. Come on, you guys can get it from this one. I know you can. Shrimp. Metro Exodus, no. That looks like Mafia 3. Shadow of the Colossus, no. Yeah. <laughs> Fish and shrimp docks, yeah. Mafia 3, no. Max Payne 3, no. Stalker, no. That's a good one. Alan Wake, we have a winner! There it is. Good job. From Torion Till. That was weird. Alan Wake was one of the things in the uh, guest the game this week, too. Oh, it was? Yeah. JJ Forcebreaker also guessed Alan Wake, but you were too late. So did Jerry Boulay. Yep, it is Alan Wake. And here is the fourth image. I figured that would have given it away. I don't know. I'm, no? Not to me. Because those were all the, I, anyway, all the iconic screenshots were of this, like, blue with stuff flying yeah. through the air. I, I, Alan Wake didn't never resonated with much. you. And then here is the final one, which I think would have given it away. But maybe not. That's Puma. his flashlight shining across the scene there. Yeah, I but I figured that location, because it's like one of the first places you go yeah, in the game. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten those. Wow. Good, good job, whoever gets control. <laughs> yeah. They picked up on some of the something stuff. Something was there. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, so great job. Um, three people guessed it, but one person got it first. And that's Tori on Till once again. Here's another round of applause. Congratulations for winning. And Torion Till, to get your free game, you can DM me here on Twitch. Um, you can DM me on Twitter at Dimfire. You can DM Sifted on Twitter at Sifted Games. You can DM me at Sifted.net where I'm at Shane. Whatever you want to do to get at us, just let us know and we will get you the code for your free video game. Congratulations once again. We'll be back next week to do it all over again. And with that, I think that's it for Game Face. 326. I know you guys are like, wait, it's ending early. Some of you guys may have joined in the middle of the show. The reason we're cutting it off a little bit early today is because we are about to do the Sifted Video Game Fantasy League Draft. Uh, before we do, I would like you to consider our sponsor, LS Cream, the best liquor on the damn planet. It is basically Bailey's, but better. I brought this to parties over the holidays. People loved it. It is manufactured by a sifter and a gamer. If you want to check it out, if you want to buy it, head to lscream.com. And there is a store locator there. You can also just go to like BevMo and you can buy it on all the popular beverage websites as well. It is great stuff. If you're going to drink, you might as well support a fellow sifter. You might as well support one of your fellow gamers. Check it out at lscream.com. Um... What do you think, Matt? So did he, he got the LS Cream address now? Because for a while it was CreamLS.com. Yeah, I think it's LSCream.com. So you finally wrestle, wrestled that yeah. URL away. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I still don't have Sifted.com after all this time. <laughs> it's funny. They still haven't lowered the price after all these years. The person who has been squatting on that URL still wants an insane amount of money for it. Because they know that there's a website out there that's mm -hmm. using it. And that someday we may come crawling back. That's not going to happen. Um... So anyway, that's Game Phase 326. We'll be back here next Tuesday 
at twitch.tv slash siftedgames at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, like we always are. We'll be talking more games next week. Don't forget, right after this, we're going to do our Sifted Video Game Fantasy League draft. The show's just going to go down for maybe three or four minutes. Got to get everything set up in the TriCaster, and then we'll be right back to do our draft. So thanks, everybody, for watching Game Face. We'll see you next week. Game Face is up and down.